2: the theme
3: for World Meteorology Day 2019 is the International System of Units Fundamentally Better. This theme was chosen because on November 16, 2018, the General Conference on Weights and Measures agreed perhaps one of the most significant revisions of the International System of Units, the SI, since its uh, its inception. Research into new measurement methods. Is this, not, is this not the thing I should be looking at? This is a, a good wait, does, that it sounds change. like it's about the
1: kilogram, not the... That sounds like the kilogram thing, not the uh, meteorology.
3: Not thing. the meteor... Medi- n- but that's what the World Meteorology Day has said is the theme this year.
1: Oh! oh wait,
3: it's not the World Meteorology Day. We were wrong. What is it? It's World Metrology Day.
1: I can see how you made that mistake. You can
3: see how I made
1: that mistake. <laughs> you ne- Who reads... Who sees the word metrology? I you never seen metrology. Word. I never think of <laughs> metrology.
4: If you told me Metrology, I would think that's like... Is that like 12 installments in a series? Like, I don't. Maybe that's one of those... Uh, 12 installments, uh, installments don't in the Metro know.
3: series. That's the 12th of the Metro series. I was going to say it's
5: yeah.
4: the Metroid trilogy. The
3: Metroid
4: metro-
1: right, the, the Metrology. metrology. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the retro Can Studios. Yeah, the Metroid yeah. Prime 1, 2, and 3 is the Metrology. Can you imagine how exhausting it must have been to be like... Okay, so we got these physical reference objects, right? Yeah. yeah. And like a kilogram is a kilogram, meters a meter, great, awesome. Now... We need to replace them with things we find in nature that are exactly the same. Exactly the same. Well, <laughs> like, no, it's scary. How long? How long? <sighs> like, what's the thing that light does that is about a meter long? Let's figure. Let's figure that out.
3: No, I'm. I'm so glad I'm not a <laughs> scientist. I'd be a shitty scientist.
5: Uh, a meter. Yard, yard. Yeah, I don't uh, know.
3: There's, I just want to point man, out the was it? the took, image took here.
5: We took three years to travel a yard. I hate it. There's World,
3: <laughs> the World Metrology Day. Like uh, a graphic is someone in like an Oculus visor looking at various units of measure. It's great. VR is <laughs> weird. VR. VR. Do you imagine must
1: have, must have fucked with somebody's head when they were like, they're looking at the meter, meter, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with a like. Replica of it, yeah. And they're like, "Shit, I think these are different sizes." They are. They are
3: different <laughs> like, you're sizes. You're staring
1: at it. You're just staring at it. Like, oh shit. Like, yeah. oh fuck. I mean, uh, that's that what me- happened with thought. the kilogram. Is, is right? the meter a meter? Like, the kilogram
5: isn't a kilogram anymore. Nah. Right. Right. Yeah. Adams keep, you know, leaving. Le- just piecing out. <laughs>
1: <Fuck>. <laughs> They've seen enough.
3: Like, oh, uh, you know what? Twenty nineteen. I gotta go.
4: <laughs> See, I've spent this whole time while you've been having this conversation just. Waiting for, when Nintendo announces the new Metroid Prime, I want to be in the big round table (laughs) Q&A with Retro and be like, so when you closed out the metrology... and just keep pushing just, this term as though it's yeah. an accepted yep. way that we all talk about the, the three Metroid just Prime games. Like, and we don't talk about Metroid Prime Hunters. No, I know no, that's no. not canonically not, in the metrology. Yeah.
3: Right, it's not a key part of the metrology. So just really dry, just as, as just just completely deadpan it. Uh.
4: <laughs> well, st- I'll start with like a really serious question. Like, well, what was it like to, you know, pick up, you know, a game that was canceled by a Japanese studio, uh, you know, over Nintendo. Mm-hmm. And then they come mm-hmm. back and say all right, we're actually we're going to go back to the creators of the metrology and they're <laughs> going to finish the fight, so to speak. Right. You know, mm-hmm. like that, that Halo slogan.
3: Right. Mm-hmm. And that'll be the bit that's, like, jokey. Like, and and can you, at this, and at this point,
4: you. Austin, you and I will work at different outlets and right. you from across the room. <laughs>
3: Boo! <laughs> no, I have to double down. We have to make a commitment here. Oh, you
4: follow up. But, like, actually, you know, me on Patrick's have, question. Yeah,
3: Quick question. Uh, on the... Will we see a remaster of the original Metrology? Because I know that a lot of fans, it means a lot to them. You know? Uh, A a question, you know, sometimes we ask our audience to send in questions. And a lot of people sent in this one, which was um, Metrology remaster when? That's what they (laughs) said.
4: Yeah, if we actually press it on, put it on the readers, right? As though I, I'm just passing on.
1: Classic game what the journalist move, are saying.
3: Blame a, uh, an invisible reader somewhere <laughs> for the question.
4: All the question bucket questions we've been making those up since day one. Yeah, that was day write one. Uh, yeah.
3: Hey, uh, quick question from my from my readers. My readers want to know how good are the guns in this one? <laughs> Can... God,
4: I'm just a journalist. I'm just, you know, I'm working for the consumer. And I just want to make sure their views are represented here. I'm less of a journalist. Marketplace of questions.
3: More of a consumer advocate, I think, you know, and that's why I really gotta know what's up with the metrology. All right, ready to go. Podcasts.
5: (laughs) What, that wasn't the start of it?
3: (laughs) What's good internet? It is Monday, May twentieth, twenty nineteen, and you are listening to Waypoint Radio, episode two thirty seven. I'm your host, Austin Walker. Joining me today here in Brooklyn, Cotto is here. Hi. Hi, Also, via Discord, Patrick Klepik.
4: Kato's dead. dead. My favorite part of the ending of the metrology was the classic. Oh,
3: it's so sad. I thought it was it was heartbreaking. <laughs> Kato gave gave his soul. Kato took
4: off his helmet, and it, yeah. you know, we realized it was no throne all
1: along.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Rob Zachney, also here.
1: These ridiculous intros are why I'd rather betray the podcast than let the podcast betray me.
3: Oh, wow. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> How are you doing, Rob? What's up? You said it was hot up in up in Massachusetts because it rained, and rain brought the heat.
1: Yeah, it did, and uh, so I had to seal up the house because I've got a ton of, like, electronics near the windows, and so, like, whenever it rains overnight, I've just got to, like, seal up the house. Quick, wait, and, quick uh, question.
3: Why yeah. did you put your electronics near the windows? <laughs>
1: Because the windows are an entire wall of the place, uh, okay. so like, yeah, there's a lot of like outlets and stuff that are by windows, and when the wind is right, you'd be surprised how far I can throw water into my apartment. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, but beyond that, uh, I guess the the other thing that I've been I've been busy with. Uh, I've been working really hard. Uh, it's been it's been warm in here, working up a good sweat. Uh, uh-huh. Just go, just going to work, uh, trying to. Uh, Restore peace and harmony uh, in in the land, and Hmm. uh, fulfill the mandate of heaven.
3: Oh, okay, okay, okay. So you're (laughs) you're talking you're you're playing uh, uh, three kingdoms. You're playing Total War Three Kingdoms. I know the word mandate of heaven. I know what it (laughs) means to bring peace and harmony to the land. I know about the Yellow Turban Rebellion, rebellion, and the Tyrant Dong Zhuo. I know all this shit. I haven't played this video game, but I know this
5: shit.
1: What about Lu Boo? I don't know My much chair. about it. Um, I've learned a lot so far. Um Zhao the- is a really good guy. Okay. Um, I think he's, you know, in every situation like this, <laughs> you need somebody who identifies the underlying problems uh, facing the nation.
3: I'm trying to think of and a of – a, of, it's like he j- – mm, so it's like he just said – I'm trying to think of like the equivalent for Patrick. I'm trying to think of, like, the translation. <laughs> who is it like saying Cao Zhao is a good guy is, like, saying Littlefinger is a good guy?
4: Oh, mm. because he's clever and, yeah. like, progresses? Mm. He, okay, sure, accomplishes you know what his I own mean? goals.
3: Yeah, or, or like, yeah, I think, or, like, Stringer Bell is a good guy. You know what I mean?
4: Okay, sure, yeah, I got so, it. So, what about an anime? What about a Dragon Ball character?
3: See, there isn't really a Dragon, Dragon Ball. Does Dragon Ball
1: exist in the Morally Greys, the Moral Greys? Not as much as you would want it to
3: not as much. You one day when I get my hands on the Dragon Ball IP, I will finally bring the Just
4: start it, just do a board game Kickstarter and say you have it. <laughs>
3: Uh, we would raise so much money if we were like Waypoint is producing a dragon Ball Z. we we're gonna get the license how far it's do you fine. think we could
4: get until it can't like a hammer was brought down we could go a full 24 hours We we'll get, we'll get 24
1: well, hours you Well, 24 as long as you d- disclose the issue in the challenges you're right uh, section right. You're, Part you're good of the, to go right, like, right. here's Part a big of the challenge money
3: that we're gonna we need this money to get the license right That's Pop. the thing
1: no guarantee that we can do that
3: no no guarantee. <laughs> But if you don't guarantee,
4: you're going to live to see another day. I mean, life is full of challenges (laughs) (laughs) and unexpected turns,
3: as Goku knows well. Um, (laughs) Cao is is the like Satsou is such an interesting character, Rob. I'm glad that that's where you've you've landed um, because flash animator like the, no not what
5: who's the flash animator stick stick figures fighting hold that, on is this spelled the same how, how is that s-
3: is Cao is C-A-O-C-A-O. C-A-O-C-A-O. C-A-O. okay a, this in z- early dynasty warriors they just called him cao
5: cao right you could also <clears throat> call
3: him t s a o t s a o depending on which right, okay. translation no this is
5: Zhao Xiao. z i a o z i as x i a o x i a o different different pronunciation
3: yes Cao is like the is like the often rendered as the villain in, in this story because of his ambition and his...
1: Uh, well, his I don't own. see that at all.
3: <laughs> <laughs> tell me about Three Kingdoms, Total War, Total War Three Kingdoms, and tell me why I haven't played it yet. I guess I haven't played it because I've been out of town, but should yeah. I be playing uh, it back?
1: I think you should be playing it. Okay. Especially, like, if the other Total War games have left you cold, I, I think we talked about this, yeah. you're not a huge fan of them in general?
3: I, I so I... Played the first few and really enjoyed them when I was young, and then I fell off pretty hard. Uh, the last one that I put any significant time into was the first of the Warhammer ones, which I thought was like pretty interesting because of how distinct all of the factions were and how they had different goals and different like ways of seeing the world, and like not just seeing the world fictionally but mechanically, and that was really cool.
1: Um, but yeah, I, I've been pretty on and off at the at the best. This is a weird thing because on one level they shit canned a lot of Total Warhammer's like design ethos. Like Total Warhammer is all about bringing the tabletop game into a Total War universe, right? right Where like right. every unit has to have a special trick, every faction needs to have a really strong like guiding principle and idea. Um, Three Kingdoms kind of takes the position that largely like look, a lot of these folks share a culture. A lot of these folks are basically waging war with really similar armies. You're not right. going to find, like... Like, Zhao Zhao is not going to field a, like, legion of enchanted spearmen or something like that. It's <laughs> totally different <laughs> right, than the right, right. other way that, like, you know... A spear is um, a spear, and there's lots right. of
3: spear, spearmen. That's, people fought wars with spears. That's the thing they did.
1: Yeah, and so on the one level, that's... Uh, really kind of gone by the wayside in terms of differentiating the factions on the other hand they've kind of punched up what the heroes do Mm. um and if you like now you can play a more historically like realistic mode uh i haven't messed with that because like a lot of the new stuff is in the romance mode hell Um, yeah i'm trying to get that romance mode yeah, they mean romance uh, so in like, the like.
3: In, they don't mean romance like dating, probably. They mean romance in the like the epic poetry, the the way we look through the look at the world through a lens of
1: of so beauty. This and isn't
3: Fire Emblem? Sadly, I don't think this is Fire Emblem.
1: There have been some marriages. Okay, um, oh, all right, um, all right. <laughs> I would not call them romantic. Oh, okay, would um, you call them political? <laughs> frequently, <laughs> um, yeah. There's 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 a lot of that. Um, Whew. But I think so there's there's a couple things. Let me let me sell you on, yeah, on sell some me on, things sell that have happened this.
3: to me. Sell me on this thing that so, I definitely already want. <laughs> uh
1: so in one case I am in the middle of laying siege to uh Yuan Shu's capital. He's this pretender emperor. Uh, who thinks that, you know, he he deserves to be restored to the throne. And he's been on my case to back his claim for the emperorship for years. Right. But I'm like, nah, like for reasons I'm keeping to myself, I'm not particularly interested in endorsing anybody else's claim to the throne. Just going to put that out there, like Hmm. just between you and me. mm, Kind of ready to move on from the whole like, uh, you know, traditional Han lineage. Right. Um
3: which is the setup of this game and the setup of this The Romance of the Three Kingdoms is a story in which the Han Empire, the Han Dynasty falls apart and there is a rush of, into the power vacuum. A number of, number of great warlords, key of which were these three kingdoms: the Wu, the Shu, and the Wei, uh, who are each led by these charismatic, interesting leaders and families, um, who have all sorts of vignettes and stories told about them through the course of thousands of pages of both historical texts and also the novel *Romance of the Three Kingdoms*, which kind of um, mythologizes a lot of it by create by by turning generals into heroes and by turning you know uh, uh, you know interesting tacticians into brilliant otherworldly strategists etc and into this walks rob zachney a Cao Cao, who has his own ambitions apparently
1: i just look i just see the system is fundamentally broken i think it needs profound reform we need no more like far-reaching systemic well okay uh, let's not go crazy (laughs) i am just saying we need to like maybe reform what the emperorship means uh, but anyway, so I'm I'm laying siege to uh, <laughs> Yuan Shu's, like, one of his major uh, holdouts. There's a, like, his entire kingdom relies on this jade mine uh, in a lot of ways. And so I am laying siege there, and it was going to be kind of a bloody fight to take this jade mine. Um, the, the maps for those are these kind of, like, you're basically going into an open pit mine with all these, like, narrow little, like, you Ooh. know, side streets and, and alleyways for your troops to get ambushed in. So I was just going to wait it out. Uh, And then to my great dismay, he shows up with just a massive army to reinforce the jade mine. He tries to break the siege. And immediately like at a turn, I've basically become outnumbered uh, by over two to one. Wow. And it's turned into this really like do or die uh, fight. Like I'm at a point where I don't have like reserve armies. Like this is basically like, I've got another army fighting somewhere else, but like this is kind of the show. This is it. Right. So I got to, beat this massive force and the AI is pretty clever they don't reinforcements arrive on the map later so the main force deploys and then reinforcements arrive here the the main force waited for the reinforcements to join up and then they just use their full numerical weight to come after me and uh, the way the battle dynamics kind of shake out in this game and it looks it looks gorgeous it's it's a really dramatic battle uh, you know rain rain on the mountain. Uh, you know, just like just driving rain and wind uh, as these troops are like sweeping across this, this mountainside. And uh, so what I decide to do is I'm going to use uh, one of my generals. He's the sentinel archetype, basically he holds the line of battle, uh, Tan Lee. And what his whole deal is, he has this buff that like his troops become archer resistant. Uh, So the sort of pre-assault bombardment that uh, Yuan Shu's troops are trying to do, and he's put stakes a lot on archery uh, for this battle, is hitting at, like, vastly reduced effectiveness. Interesting. And so they end up charging troops that haven't been particularly softened up. Uh, Meanwhile, I've got my cavalry roving around under this uh, vanguard archetype. I forget his name, but he has one really cool ability. Once he's engaged in, in battle, he's got a mighty battle roar. (laughs) <laughs> that instantly, like, reduces the morale of all the enemy troops around him. So I have him with a oh, yeah. shot cavalry division uh, that, that he's riding around with. And they just keep, like, hitting the back of these uh, infantry lines. And once he's engaged, do the roar thing. Right. And in, it's enough in a lot of cases between the shock of the cavalry and then his morale debuff Uh, Like wherever he goes, he's basically like crumbling the enemy line and they're not completely routing like the troops are freaking out. They're like running away a little bit and then they're (laughs) reforming and being like, wait, no, we still we still got this, like get back in there. But that buys me just enough time to send Zhao Hudun. Oh, hell yeah. Around the battlefield. And he's like fucking calling his shots. Like first, like first he identifies the enemy (laughs) champion. You have this option, like declare a duel. And the enemy champion's like, I think I got this. And I'm like, I don't think you do, but let's, let's see what happens. And so I offer the duel. He accepts it. The two soldiers, like Jahudun and whoever this other guy was, ride toward each other. I don't know what like I don't know if this is just a function of the way they draw sort of the battle arena for the, for the duels. Uh, but basically they're they're in the middle of this melee, and all the troops around them stop fighting and like form a ring. And <laughs> like it's just a, stand there.
3: like it's a movie, like very much. yes, like, yes, Troy or something. like all right, the two generals are gonna fight. We're just gonna stay out of their way and they're gonna have like a straight up martial arts like duel. And it
1: is—it's ridiculous. Like I zoom in, I'm starting to watch it. Like the battle's still happening. Wait, who's he fighting uh, against? Um, not a particularly notable. Like this is the thing. Yuan Shu didn't have like great heroes by this point, so like he he was—he was was fielding kind of a uh, second-rate champion. Mm. But uh, so this this duel goes on, um, and it looks cool as hell. Zhao Hudun just ruins this guy cuts him down. Immediately, all the dude's troops are like, holy shit, did you just see that? Uh, they start to freak out. At this point, their other generals are smart enough not to join the battle. Like, they don't accept right. duels. Right. That doesn't matter to Jahudun. Uh, he's just like, you know what? It can be a duel. We don't have to call it a duel. I'm going to find you on the battlefield, and we're going to see what's what. And so, basically, there's this entire, like, huge battle happening, and I'm managing that. But on the other hand, my champion is just roving the battle around like a predator. Hell yeah. Just finding these dudes, cornering them, like cutting his way through like swaths of enemy troops, finding their general, and just beating the shit out of them. Um, By the end, like the, the, he's got a couple like more staff type officers, I would say, who are not meant for frontline deployment. Yeah, uh-huh. By the end, they see him coming and they're just like, Nah, I'm I'm, I'm good. good actually. <laughs> yeah. uh, he's got an extra buff because midway through the campaign, he lost his eye. Um, and Do you know this so is a real? Well,
3: it's not a real story, but this is a Romance of the Three Kingdoms story. Do you know? Okay, can I read? the uh, – Okay, real quick, content warning for some war wound shit for some eye shit because he is someone who is famously wears an eye patch into battle because he's lost his eye. I'm going to read this. This is this is from Romance of the Three Kingdoms. I'm curious if what I'm about to read matches the event as it played out for you. Um, uh, when Lu Bei saw the enemy retiring from the city, he knew Cao Cao's army was close at hand. So, making arrangements for guarding the city within, he and his two brothers marched their troops out of the city and made camp so that they might be ready to assist. Now, the division of Cao Cao's army under Xiahou Dun, uh, having marched out in advance, first came to touch with Gao Shun or Gao Shun. Ji Hao uh, once rode out with a spear uh, set and offered a challenge. It was accepted and the two leaders fought half a hundred bouts, which I think means that they like hit spears half a hundred times. like They swung and they hit 50 times, basically, without doing fatal damage. Yeah. Then Gao Shun began to weaken and had to turn back. He rode around to the rear of the array. Jihaodoun uh, was not the man was not a man to quail so he followed right into the enemy's country then South Singh one of Lu Bu's generals secretly strung his bow fitted an arrow and when Jia dun came quite near shot at him the arrow hit dune full in the left eye he shrieked and putting his uh, putting up his head pulled the arrow out and with it his eye essence of my father, blood of my mother, I cannot throw this away, cried Ji Hao-Dun, and he put the eye into his mouth and swallowed it. Then, resuming his firm grip of the spear, Ji hao uh, went after the new enemy. There was no escape for Cao Xing; He was overtaken <laughs> and fell with a fatal spool wound, spear wound full in the face. Both sides were stricken dumb with amazement.
1: See, that's messed up enough, I almost that's, believe it. Like, that's one yeah. of those stories that you're like, okay, for that to exist in the record, yeah. something fucked up happened and was seen and was talked about for, like, centuries after. Right. Right, right. like, right, sure. Like, there's a bunch of dudes who are like, did you just see that? Like... I'm not here for this. No, what ha- it happened in an event after a battle he'd fought uh, earlier not in the as campaign. Good. Okay. And it was not as good. Uh, but at this point, he has like an intimidation buff. Uh, so wherever he's going, like people are just kind of quailing before him. Um, and so he basically just starts headhunting all these enemy generals. I think he kills like four of them over the course Great. of the battle. Love it. And at that point, their army just kind of falls apart. Well, be- partially uh,
3: because it sounds like generals are important not just because they're presumably providing like a passive morale buff, but also because you actively need to use them and their abilities to get the best effect out of your own troops.
1: Yeah, they have important hero abilities themselves. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other thing is they also, the way I would put this is, unlike in other Total War games where you just create an army full of like stacked units and then add a general on top of it, at this point, the army is made of the general's retinues. So Mm -hmm. the general brings... Up to six units into the army with him. Oh, or her. wow. Right. And so, if you want a full <laughs> army, it's going to have a commanding general and then two uh, sub commanders, all of whom are going to have their own retinues. And so, right. when you dismiss a general or undeploy a general, all those units vanish from the army too. And you'll have to pay a certain fee to sort of bring them back out. Jeez. But sometimes you'll want to do that because sometimes they don't get along. Uh, sometimes like, like you'll have a really good general in terms of paper stats, but they will stop getting along, uh, in the field. And as long as you keep racking up big wins, you can usually stay ahead of that. Mm -hmm. You know, a winning team kind of puts all the personal chemistry issues aside. Uh, once things get a little choppy, suddenly it's like, you know, whose fault this is, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's Wang Lee's or something like that. Right. Um, The other part, and this is the last thing I'll say to the to to sell you on this, the thing a lot of Total War games have not done is like create a compelling diplomatic at Game, all. Like, yeah, which is, which is yeah. my
3: biggest beef with them is like however cool the big battles are and however interesting some of the strategic like warfare shit is, it rarely <laughs> feels like I'm doing anything that I'm that I am a political actor as a nation. That I am just like like, yeah, you might be able to buy an alliance, basically, but it doesn't feel like different actors with different intentions. Uh it just feels like like, everything moves a little too rationally and mechanically in most of the total war games I've played if that makes sense
1: this really I think addresses a lot of that really cool. well um, you have a really robust diplomatic game happening here and to give you an idea of this this was happening to me uh, like late last night and early this morning it was kind of a it was a wild arc uh, basically um, I think it was Liu Bei mm-hmm. jumped out to an early lead and like just cleaned house and became one of the first people to establish himself Mm -hmm. as a duchy. Uh, So he achieved a certain faction rank and then he established the duchy of Shulong. And that made him kind of the, the heavy Mm -hmm. of the, uh, of the landscape. And so all hell broke loose. Uh, There's this massive coalition that I'm part of. um, And I've been friends with uh, Liu Bao and Lady Wu for ages. So this is like my so favorite like,
3: fucking shit. I love this coalition shit. Yeah, finish the story and I'll talk about why I like yeah.
1: this stuff. So we're like, we're going to bring this guy down, right? And so we start going after him on every front. Um, he's he, He'd he also vassalized the remaining Han Empire. So yeah. like there's fighting happening in southwest China. There's fighting happening up in the northeast. It's, it's all popping off everywhere all at once. And we're starting to see, like notch real victories. I'm starting to make some decent territorial gains. And then... Lady Wu and uh, Liu Bao show up and they're like, hey, what if we bring the duchy of Song into the alliance? And I was like, not great. That's not awesome, (laughs) actually, because they're huge. Oh, okay. Yeah. that's uh that's that was what uh, Yuan Tan's okay. uh, old faction sort of escalated into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, that was my most dangerous northern neighbor, and it was clear that like if they joined the alliance and piled into the war, yeah, they were going to like get massive. But I was outvoted. My coalition partners were like, "We love the Duchy of Song," and I was like, "I don't." And they were like, "No, it's too bad. It's we're all we're all agreed. It's great. He's our best friend now. Don't you love him?" And he was a really nice guy. Like it was, right, it was Yontan's right. son. And he was he's perfectly cool. But it was like also he was just expanding massively to my north and like cutting off like my opportunities for expansion. And everyone was like, This is great. This this alliance is really kicking ass. Um and then just as the war was ending, Lady Wu is like, so me and the guys have been talking. And we've agreed that maybe it would be best if you weren't part of the coalition. Wow. And I was like, what? Oh, uh, owned. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it happened right after I took like this minor province and be and formed the Duchy of Wei. Right. So, right. The minute so now you've a fucking target on your back.
3: Yeah, of course.
1: Right. So, the minute that happened, Lady Wu was like, mm, maybe you should not be part of the coalition. Right. So, like, immediately I crash out of the coalition. I have no allies. I'm completely alone, but I'm rich as hell. Um, and I'm sort of sitting there. I'm like, I don't know what to do. I'm surrounded by this massive coalition now. I'm clearly the next target. Um, and then I remember that as Cao Cao, I have a little ability. I can influence how other people. Factions feel about each other. Oh, yes. Of Mm. course. And so the war is still going, so nobody's going to go to war right now. Nothing's going to happen. But I'm looking there and I'm like, how close is Liu Bao with Lady Wu? And they were friends, but like, they weren't good friends. And so I start going around to the various coalition members mm-hmm. and poised. Like I, I go to Lady Wu and I'm like, "Hey, have you have you heard what uh you know you heard what the Duchy of Song has been saying about you? Hey, have you heard what Liu Bao has been saying about you? And then to Liu Bao, I'm like, Hey, you know that like Lady Wu's coming for you, right? And so all the relationships start to like crash.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I went from being completely diplomatically surrounded to watching as Lady Wu began purging her coalition of her strongest allies. And Lu Bao was left completely exposed. Maybe the person who least deserved to get it in the neck in this story, (laughs) honestly. Uh, Nevertheless, I was like, okay, so wait, what's, like, once he was kicked out of the alliance, I looked at it, I was like, wait, he's got no other allies? And, like, we share a massive border through the mountains, and I'm on the other side of it. Like, okay, this seems, this seems like go time. Uh, and so I managed to start rolling once again, uh, you know, on, on Bao, and completely, like, escape the trap that, like, Lady Wu had been setting for me. Um, and that, like, and that is not an unusual thing to have happened. Right. Like, the reason I exterminated Yuan Shu was he also, he was my vassal. He called me into a war in his defense. I joined that war. It meant a larger faction war to defend him. And then a turn later, he was like, I've decided not to be your vassal anymore and I'm rebelling. Right. And so like the diplomatic AI generates a lot of like these really like sharp twists and turns that do feel like there's actual agenda shit happening behind the scenes.
3: So like that shit is the stuff that there needed to be for me to be interested. Like the, the, This period of history and and the stories that come out of it are often about this thing that you're describing where, like, there is someone who is clearly the person or organization or institution that has become, like, the villain in this moment in history. Like, everyone who's played Dynasty Warriors knows about the Yellow Turban Rebellion, which is, like, effectively a religious slash proletariat rebellion uh, that is like, hey, people are starving and need food. Um, And so – that happens and then it happens again with Dong Zhuo it happens like, like it happens multiple times in this early period of the Three Kingdoms era as people who are trying to push against the status quo and push against and and kind of f- f- uh, finalize the the uh end of the Han dynasty rise again and again and these people like Cao Cao and Lü Bei and Lü Biao and the, the the uh both of the Yuan uh, uh siblings or cousins um, rise and form these coalitions that are like, Oh, we all know what's good for the whole country would be to deal with this fucking rebellion right now. But really every time it's really just an opportunity for, you know, minor Lords to gain status and popularity and build their own base and then inevitably turn on each other. Um, And if you don't get that right, the game isn't going to be what I want from it. Do you know what I mean? If, The politics feel stable and predictable, then it would never do the thing that I most like most attracted me to this setting to begin with, which is this sort of like politicking and playing the angles um, and explicitly these short term alliances that feel so unstable because they're not built around commonality and belief, belief about like what the state should be. It's about who identifying a target going after them and really not even wanting to go after them so much as that's an opportunity for you to stretch and flex, you know, um, Rob, I really want you to watch some of the 2010 Chinese three Kingdoms show. Um, at <coughs> least, at least Google three kingdoms, 2010 South out because you will find some great clips of their portrayal of him that I think you will be very fond of. <laughs> um, so that is, that is what I will say about that. Um, I'm gonna check this out this week at some point. So maybe next week we can we can uh, I can share my own stories uh, because it does it sounds like it it hit the mark for you. So that's exciting.
1: Yeah, it it's it's pretty cool. Um, it's way different than I expected. So yeah, I'm really curious to see what you make of it because I think uh, there's there's a lot of good Me too story driven stuff here.
3: Same. Uh, that's I'm I'm very very curious about it. Uh, before we go to a break, Patrick, you finished the new Life is Strange the uh, episode three of of the season?
4: I have not. Oh, uh, um, you're in the middle. I just want to use this. I'm in the middle of it. I uh will we'll loop back around as when I finish it, but I do uh d- this the second season has somehow uh drawn like a very muted reaction. Yeah. Um, I think because they they made the uh <clears throat> sort of like a difficult uh decision to move on from like the main characters mm-hmm. of the the first season that uh, I think maybe they're learning now was like a huge part of the appeal. Yeah. Less so the name "Life is Strange," more so um,
3: Max, uh, the characters and, and uh, Max and Chloe, Chloe uh, yeah.
4: being the uh, sort of like core appeal for a lot of people. But um, I think Danielle Cotto and I made like a, a pretty strong sort of, like, endorsement of the, at that point, which was just the first episode, yeah. Yeah. I think, of, uh, of the series as part of our Game of the Year wrap-up. Yep. Um, and since then, episodes two and three have come out. Uh, I've only finished two, and I'm halfway through three, and so I don't really feel comfortable commenting on the three. I mostly just wanted to, like, throw up, like, a, a flare in the sky. <laughs> that, like, it's 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 a series worth coming back to. It's a series that has a lot of really interesting things to say about, race and identity in a way that is far more nuanced than Life of Life is Strange's first season would have proven or suggested the writers were capable of doing. Um, and so, I, yeah, I don't really have a lot to say about the third episode as much as, like, before we had this break, I just wanted to, like, remind people it's out there because nobody is talking about the third season or the second season. And that's a bummer because, I yes, it doesn't have anything to do with Max and Chloe, um, but I think the relationships and characters introduced in this one are just as strong and interesting um and, and if anything the story has a lot more to say in terms of the wider world than the first season did um and it's kind of getting it's getting lost in the shuffle and i think yeah. it's too bad i think uh, part of this is because the episodes are so far apart where even i have forgotten what's happened or lost some of the emotional core because yeah. we are going four months in between episodes so which long. is just too it's is just that what too it was long. what was
3: it the first time
4: it was faster. I don't Damn. know what it was uh, the first time, but I know it was uh, it was faster than that. Or even if even if it wasn't, it was, it was it felt excusable because the like Max and Chloe was so strong that you were willing to forgive. And what Life is Strange was doing the first time around felt so different. Um, uh, but for whatever whatever the case, uh, even though they announced the schedule well in advance, it's like it's going to take a year for them to get through this, and it the episodes aren't built as though. Uh, oh, it's okay that, like, four months have passed. Like, it's cool that you're just picking this up four months later. It feels like something where, like, I would actively tell people, at this point, you know, well, you'd have three episodes to play through, which is nice, but it may be the kind of thing where, you know, you wait for the box set at the end and you play all the episodes because they're certainly not writing and structuring them as though it's, like, neat, you know, endings where it's like, I'm I'm fine picking this up later. Mm -hmm. Like, it really does benefit from having the emotional core from the previous episode carry into the next one. And so I think they've lost a lot of narrative momentum in between episodes, even though I respect and admire and like the decision to like, Hey, we're going to take our time. These are going to be fully fleshed out episodes. We're going to put, th- we, we announced a schedule, you know, when they're coming. Right. Right. Um, but I, but I think they've lost something as a, as a result of that. And uh, it's, it's too bad because I think like the second season has been, has been really strong. Kato, have you had a chance to play the second or third episodes? No, I know. Not. You, I know you played the first one. Yeah, no, not
5: yet. Um, I have to get on that. I've been too busy with Destiny. Oh yeah!
4: Wow. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm not wow. sure if I call that an excuse. Um, well, uh, it's like
5: well, it's that thing that you're talking about though, where it feels like, you know, maybe I should. I like the the way I played the first life is strange was after the fact, when all episodes were okay. out and just, like, did it all in at once, right? And it seemed, yeah, I've heard that it it seems like the episodes aren't necessarily cut up, in the, like you're saying, in a way that makes sense for the gaps. So, originally, I was kind of waiting around. But then, like, also, yeah, <laughs> I have this problem with Destiny where, like, Destiny, because Destiny comes out on a, like, things happen in real time in Destiny, in a way, where, like, I could push off other things that are, like, oh, well... Life is Strange will eventually have all five episodes yep. out, so I don't need that. Does that's not as urgent as <laughs> Destiny because this is a thing this week that if I don't do it this week, it'll push back my schedule. Like it's a-
3: it's almost <laughs> funny because like what you're <laughs> describing is that Destiny is an episodic game, right? Right, like we don't, <laughs> but call the episodes games are a service are the, each week, that. right? Totally, that was yeah, like the original it's promise. like, it's like, like, like people...
4: Destination. Right? It's like a it's a destination game, right? right? Yeah, like right, so, it's right. become like a it has its water cooler moments for the fans that are you know, yeah. deep, deep into it.
1: Out of curiosity, like did the first, so did the first two arcs of life is strange around, uh, Max and Chloe, did they lend themselves better to the episodic format? Was it carved up in a slightly more like, was it conceptualized? You think more successfully as a series of episodes or do you just think <sighs> that, uh, you're just, you're used to considering life as strange kind of as a, as a cohesive whole, and here with this with this new arc, uh, you're just encountering it chopped up again, and it feels weird.
4: Kato, like correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like the Life is Strange, like the first season, was way more like y and like yes. what the like,
5: it was like a, it was like TV season, episodes, which is a lot cleaner. Where like yes. you felt like there was a cliffhanger of like oh what's gonna happen next and. Even the first episode didn't necessarily feel that way for like there was definitely like a a thing introduced at the end of the first episode of season two where you're like, oh, I wonder where this is going to go. But it was less like a dramatic. It was less like a what's going to happen in the next couple seconds cliffhanger and more like, where is this going long term kind of cliffhanger, I guess. Yeah. Yeah.
3: That I like that first season a lot. Um, I'm, I'm like you, I'm, I'm at this point just going to wait until it's all the way out, which is still this year, right? That will be something by the end of the year.
4: December, I think. Oh, yeah, that's so the, the late. That. Yeah.
5: Oh, fuck. Yeah. And that, that could easily slip. I mean, it, slip, it, it right? sounds
4: like it's, it, yeah, if it, you know, it, it feels increasingly like, and there's nothing they can do at this point, right? They have a production schedule and they should stick to that. And, you know, uh, the episodes have been really strong. And so from like a the narratives and even from a labor standpoint, it's like, you know, stick to your, your process and like, let it, let it, let it play through. But it does feel increasingly like once it be, and I felt this like pretty quickly when the first episode came out, it was like, oh I think this is really strong, but Max and Chloe aren't here. And I feel like that's, they miscalculated on how much that was going to set them back in terms of people being interested in this story. Mm. Um, And it would have benefited from, as a result of that, having an opportunity to capitalize on the interest that was in when those char- these new characters much faster. So, like, let's say had episodes one, two, and three come out a lot closer to one another, and then the gap was four and five, like, finishing out the narrative, mm-hmm. I feel like that you could have hooked people in faster. In the same way, like, a TV show will have, like, you know, the first two episodes of the season or the, the first night, right? It, like, gets you really quickly back into it, like bought into the characters in a way that um, I think would have been beneficial for uh, this season of life is strange to at least very least had the first two episodes hit really quickly. So you feel like there's a lot of meat to the characters and their arc um, that would have allowed more of an on-ramp for, for people that maybe bounced off when they realized like, Oh, like, okay, they weren't pulling a bait and switch. Like this actually isn't about Arcadia Bay or the the you know the the choices made about Max and Chloe like those are really a side story to this brand new set of characters and so i I, I think the gap has has hurt them in terms of um, some of those fans from the first season that yeah. maybe didn't respond as quickly uh, uh, or at all to to these new characters
3: listen I've been waiting years for Act 5 of Kentucky Route Zero, so <laughs> I can wait.
4: I, I thought for sure too. they were going to be near, like, uh, completion on that when it's like, yo, you're announcing like a Switch port? Got it. Like, that makes sense. You're going to do that when it feels like there's going to be a big new drop of where this story is going, and none of that happened, because I think that... Kentucky Route Zero announcement was two years ago for the switch. Oh, yeah,
3: I we played it at a Pax two years ago. Like they had a bill, not yeah. not Act Five. Was there had, something recently? They have a phone number. I'm going to call it right now. Oh yeah, the phone, phone number. Okay. Five eight when W H E N K R Z.
5: Just yeah, I hold got that it. There right we go.
3: That. Let's see
2: here. Thank you for
4: calling. Kentucky Route Zero development status hotline. Please listen
3: to the following as our options have changed. Options have changed. To hear an update on the status of Kentucky Route Zero, Uh press zero. That's what, there's one option. Okay, zero. Your call is important to us. Okay, good. Please stay on the line. Okay. Maybe we're going to get to the bottom of this. This is journalism <laughs> happening in real time. Wow,
4: I can't believe no one thought to call this number. I know. It's
3: you got to <laughs> check your sources, you know the what current I mean? The status of Kentucky Route 0 is in production. Okay. To hear this message again, press
4: 0. That's, yeah, what, what, that's what, 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 I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, just in case it changed. It, the, the Miyamoto rule of 3s, do it three, three times. times. 3 Kentucky times,
3: 3 times. That's right. Route 0 development. Uh-huh. Okay, they're going to do the whole thing. Okay, right. this is... Okay, this is, our this just brought me back. <laughs> to
4: hear what if it's new options? The
3: of they changed.
5: Route zero. Right. Press zero.
3: Okay, okay I'm going uh, to hit zero. Wait. Your call is important to us. This is a, what's up, Please Rob? Do you want to... Line. Do you have a thought? Try
1: one next time. I'll try one. I'll try one. Or seven. Six. Where the real info is.
4: Seven. What's the episode? Five, Five. Five, right? five, five. Mm. Okay. status of Kentucky Route Zero.
3: In All right, it's still in production, so let's to And then we hit uh, zero. So I hit zero too quick. I might hit zero too, too quick. Zero, zero, there we go. It's a good sound. It's technology. Zero development
1: status hotline. Uh-huh. They've changed. To hear an update so you got to pick from the secret menu. Right,
3: you're zero. right, like uh, when you go to like, in and out Burger. So yeah. five, are we putting money on five? Yeah your call is important okay that's Please good stay on the line. <laughs> what human yeah. operator give me a human operator the current status nope this is just okay alright well <laughs> at least it's still in production okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm good. Thank you. To, they,
4: start, they started a Patreon. They did. They're making like – I did not yeah, – I, I didn't realize that. They started a um, Patreon. They're making like $1,800 a fall. month.
3: Yeah. And they're like giving status updates, spoiler-free development updates, video streams, process streams, articles about their process and influences, etc. Um It's interesting that this is happening. I mean someone just pointed out uh, that Fig – started doing the – you know, fake the crowdfunding mm-hmm. or not – like crowdfunding plus actual investment. It
4: started as like an, an alternative to Kickstarter right. in which uh, it was trying to address – so sometimes what happened with Kickstarter was that uh, Kickstarter would be treated as a way to show investors there was interest. Right. So that the Kickstarter goal would be unfathomably low for the actual budget. Right. But what would it do was that like, oh, if you can raise 150000 or whatever – that it unlocks the real money from investors. And so Fig's premise was, well, what if that's just baked in from the start? Right. Where it's like, oh, this game already has $300,000 in backing from outside investors, and you're just helping get it over the finish line sort so, of thing. So I, and you got equity, right? right you got equity, like you
3: I got can't. equity, It actually got money back based on... If you were
4: in, like, the investor level yes, like, yes. contribution. Yes,
3: which at first was really hard, but I think has gotten... Less difficult. I don't. I don't remember. The point I not is, Fig that much. they have they have made it so that you can continue to back certain projects ongoing um, in the star citizen model, basically, where you're able to like mm. continue to pour uh-huh. money into projects mm-hmm. after the window has closed. Um, with the the kind of conversation around like, hey, it turns out games are really expensive and. Doing the like lump sum thirty day fundraising thing doesn't actually work with a lot of games. That you need constant funding, ongoing, and that's
4: well, it's like one of the one of the tweets that uh, the cardboard computer guys, uh, right, who who do with zero, was that someone sent them a tweet that was like, "Hey, I've so." Saw- I realize you guys don't have like a huge budget and maybe that's why it's taken forever. I bought the game three times. Is that, am I helping? <laughs> right. And you know, is that the, why their, they... their response to that was like, Oh, we have like a community that would like to help us. Right. Maybe the response to that is to like, let them help toss us, us five yeah. bucks
3: a month or whatever. And try not to feel bad about that as we continue to make this game. Right. Um, yeah. yeah.
4: Go, go look at the a piece I wrote about Dwarf fortress yes. and why yes. they finally authorized a Patreon and a, and a steam version of their game. Because, oh no, what a terrible thing to ask for help for to pay for health insurance.
3: <laughs> God, I I'm, I am really, really want Kentucky Route Zero, Act 5. I would make my whole year so much more interesting, would be to try to, like, it's, finally... If, you re, if,
4: you, if you're reading the tea leaves on this, it does seem like it would not be unreasonable to expect that.
3: This year. This yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, year. they announced it for this year, but, you know, so. So we'll see. Yeah. All right, we should take that break. And when we come back, we have some more video games to talk about. So... With some more video games. Kano you and I have dipped our toes into the world of delinquency. We're yeah. delinquents now. Yeah. Uh, Rob and Patrick, uh, I have uh, – there's some news – um you're talking to a couple oh. fucking delinquents yeah that's what you're talking to well, Can't see how i'm hmm. s- sitting, okay i do to wa- sit. yeah you can't, can't see it but kato <laughs> has like he's like doing like a low crouch like a mixtape crouch and also he's smoking a cigarette he's definitely gonna throw it in someone's eye and then he's gonna do all his fucking homework because he's a delinquent <laughs> he's gonna go read the works of Fyodor dostoevsky it's gonna raise some fucking stats out here, we're getting some street get fights. Then I'm gonna go to the gym. You know, you know how you make money in. in this
5: world? Good Be- grades. Good grades. <laughs> I'm gonna get
3: then get I spend all that money on cigarettes. You and I have both. Every played- time she
4: goes in a potty, <laughs> I give her a dollar.
3: That's right. That's the same stance that Kata was just in, low on the ground. Um, Friends of Ringo Ishikawa is a game that came out on Steam last year to almost no notice. The first time I saw it was when Twitter user uh, and cultural critic and writer, fiction writer uh, Colin Space Twinks on on Twitter included it in the uh, in the Game of the Year write up um, that they did in uh, on Giant Bomb. They was like, "What the fuck is this? <laughs> what is this cool River City Ransom meets yeah. Persona looking game?" And the answer is it's the thing I just said, basically. It's like a River City Ransom style beat-em-up that is wrapped in the structure of a sort of dating sim or a persona, the sort of like you have a daily schedule and you have a – you're deciding what to do with your time. Are you going to go work at the the, um, – where's the job that I got? I got a job doing some fucking shit.
5: The mechanic. The Mechanic. Yes. yes.
3: Um, are you gonna go work at the at the mechanic shop? Or are you gonna go to the library after classes and and study? Mm-hmm. Are you gonna, gonna go around and do random encounters and try to make you know kind of progress that way? Um it is really fucking cool. Yeah. You you kind of play as a teenage, a gang, you play as one character, Ringo Ishikawa, who is the de facto leader of this kind of gang of Japanese like high school delinquents. Yeah. Um, you know. Not Yakuza, but, like, proto-Yakuza. Right. They talk a lot about how, like... One of the opening things is, like, someone breaks their pinky, and you're like, well, you're gonna fucking have to cut that off one day anyway. Right. You know? <laughs> um, this game has one of the coolest intros I've ever played, which is just, you're in a... I don't even want to... It's not a spoiler, so I'm gonna describe it, just because I think it sets the tone so well. You are in a train fighting some dudes on a fuck in a train like in like a you know like a like a japanese train and you beat them up you run their pockets you take their money off of them you talk to your friend and he's like I broke my finger um and you explain that like or it like, comes up very naturally in in the dialogue that it is your your juniors in high school and you're trying to beat up like the four other lead gangs all in one day because that will guarantee you, your status as like a legendary street gang yeah um and so you end up like fighting the other three people on the way out of the train onto the train platform and then off into this like Hill area that's like overlooking, like like it's a park basically, yeah. Yeah. And you just get into this big, you get this like final confrontation. It's like you and all your boys have gotten together to like square off against the seniors from some other school basically. And as you're fighting, the music kicks in. Mm -hmm, It's mm -hmm. also it's also playing like a song that is a non-litigious cover of the Cranberry song, Zombie. It has like boom, <laughs> boom, 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 boom. That like baseline is playing as you're like getting into these fights. It's fucking incredible. Yeah. And then in the middle of that final fight, the title hits yep. and it just kind of fades to black. And like, you know, you're still getting like damage numbers are popping up, but it's just, it's a really beautiful, very cinematic vignette. Through a gameplay system that you just don't see that sort of like storytelling in right. very often.
5: Yeah,
3: um, and then it turns into this life sim. So, Kata, you're further into it than I am, I think. But like,
5: well, I don't know what day it is or whatever.
3: Here's the thing, <laughs> Kata. that's the thing.
5: Ricardo Contreras,
3: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what day it is or whatever.
5: <laughs> well, Destiny's like, really fucking you up, Kata. yeah. You dude. know what? Honestly, is it raid day honestly, or not? What's going on? It every day is raid day. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, the it's. It's very interesting because it's it's pretty directionless, right? Yeah. and um, Too uh, scary. So I bounced yeah. off
3: of it when I first played it on PC for that reason. Right. I was, like, overwhelmed.
5: Yeah. I kind of find it fascinatingly banal. Like, it is – like, I remember being a teenager and, like, not having shit to do on afternoons and just, like, figuring out, like, what the fuck – to even do in life you know and it like really for me has captured that kind of feeling of like these fuckers don't care about anything they're just like they're trying to figure out a way to kill time yeah and like whether that's beating someone up or just like sitting in like sitting looking intimidating in front of the local bar or whatever Uh and um Somehow, just the way that it gives you all these options, it's like there's a button. You hold the button and you walk like a delinquent. You <laughs> like, you change stances and put your fucking hands in your pockets. Yeah. And
3: you slouch your shoulders a little bit. You're looking for a fight.
5: Yeah, and like, or like you can you can even just like you you can do the crouch. You can like sit. Uh-huh. In a, you just sit in a place and like time passes and it like it allows for all of these uh, things to pass the time that make it feel like even if you're not technically like like I feel like I'm not actually advancing any storylines right. but it feels like actual passage of time like actual like uh like you you've you've wasted the time away in a, in a believable way that kind of makes it interesting as like a a, sto- a a story about like the way teenagers can just do whatever they want when when they want to when they don't care when they don't we'll, care <laughs> and
3: when they have that like a little bit of extra freedom right, right like Ringo right. Le- lives alone yeah
5: he doesn't have there's like no parents as far as I can tell no, so no some, some nights I'll spend like the entire night studying get one percentage point on right. <laughs> those fucking grades because there's a you do you get, like, a scholarship if you get good grades.
3: I read that it's a lot of money, too. Yeah,
5: it's a pretty good amount of money. I got it once because I, like, spent, you know, a couple – here's the other thing that I love. Even if you go to school, you have to hold a button to take notes. Yeah. It if puts you, you in, don't so – so, like, okay. So, I guess, like,
3: the, the setup to understand is, like, you wake up in the morning. What do you do? Uh, you're in control of your character. What do you go do? Do you like ro- ro- roam the streets looking for fights to get yep. into? Do you go to your classes? Where's your is fucking a, school? Is a
4: meter, is a meter, how does time progress? Is There's it like just a, a meter time. that's going? It's just
3: a, up? it's a clock. Yeah, it's that just, just a says, clock. Just, so the clock is always running as you're moving. So it's, so and then, it's not
4: like perform action, like subtract an hour. It's no. like just, well, it's just It can going. be sometimes. It can be
3: when you go do, it. like when you go sit in classes, time passes quickly. But, okay. But the point is making is if you sit down in your class, you have buttons that are like, look out the window, yeah. like fuck around or, or do your notes. And you have to hold down the do your notes button for that like 30 second period to get the boost from paying attention in class. It's a small yeah. little thing. And then like similarly, again, like do you go to the library? Do you go to the gym? Like yeah. what's the
5: – what it, it's so good. It's just like every small action is super intentional the way that the the the, the controls are set up even if the what ends up happening is time just passes. Right, like you are choosing to just waste time and like look intimidating out front, out in front of this, uh, bar or whatever, or you can go into the bar and play fucking poker, uh, right. video poker, which right. is how I Could lost. You just hang out most in your of room, my
4: totally. Yeah, the whole day. just, gonna, go- yeah. I'm totally. just in this bed. Because, I'm gonna lay in this yes, bed. I'm it.
3: gonna go to the library and get a book and bring it back home to read. You can go. You go out to for like lunch or dinner with your friends. Yeah. Like I definitely had a thing where it was like, hey, can you cover me today for food? Like I didn't get paid this week. I was supposed to get my check. And I was like, yeah, sure. I guess I'll cover you. And I was like, I don't have that much money. <laughs> I, this motherfucker bought a lot of ramen. Yeah. Like I'm broke now. But we got a cool dialogue scene out of right. it. I think a lot of the story stuff has been that stuff so yeah. far of just like it seems like everyone in your gang has it the uh, maybe the thing to actually compare it to less than like something like yakuza is something like um God why am Black I blanking uh no not even uh like the outsiders right because mm-hmm. it's not organized crime. Right. It's it's not like you're touching the Yakuza in any way. It is like you are all 17 or 18 year olds yeah. who don't know what they're gonna do with the rest of their lives. One of them just being shitty
4: punks. And to be
3: clear,
5: the way that these gangs are, are formed is by school too. Yeah. Everyone's in the same classes. That's why you all have the same uniform already built in. Right. And you can tell other people because they use different color uniforms. So they're like from
3: like all the different like local schools in the neighborhood, right. Or in the, in this area. Um, it's like a, it's a very popular like character trope yeah. inside of Japanese fiction. Um, you would recognize. It's just
4: closer to a visual novel than anything no, else. It just happens to have. Like some action elements,
3: it has a lot of action elements. It has like River City Ransom style two D. It's a beat em up. It's yeah. a two D beat 'em up where you're like learning new combos and unlocking new styles. And you get, do it does like that dub- does
4: that feel uh, incidental to like just a thing you do along the way to just making or not making like this day to day decisions for the does character? The, I guess the, I guess that's where like yeah. I draw the comparison. Is like sure, yes, there's combat, but eh, like is that? I mean, it's, it, is is it's, that just to give you something to do in between the other stuff?
3: It feels less like a what you would call a visual novel and more like a life sim, which is mm-hmm. another type okay. of kind of visual novel-esque game in which you have stats that you're raising. Again, like think about something like Persona where you have a bravery stat and you have your various like social links and stuff like that. It feels like that part of it more than like a, a kinetic yeah. visual novel where you're just kind of going through it or even a visual novel with choices. Like it's so open-ended that yeah. it feels less.
5: It's not wake up and then hit a menu that says, I'm going to go to school. You have to actually find your way to school, which the map is weird and kind of get a little confusing if you're not paying oh, yeah. attention. The the very first day they have someone walk you to school and if, so you have to pay attention. Okay, this is the route I take to get to this building in the first place. But That's like, pretty good. when you yeah. get up, you're just walking around like it's like River City Ransom. Yeah. You can walk left and right and then sometimes there's like uh paths up that lead to yeah. other areas and stuff. It's like that.
3: also more meditative than a visual novel. Like visual novels are like give me information constantly. Are you think right. about something uh you know, I know Patrick you played like the 999 games or D- D- Danganronpa. Mm-hmm where it's just like okay i'm hitting a button i'm reading dialogue there's a lot of dead time in this yes. game where you're just like i'm gonna go out on the balcony and smoke and just like i think it looks cool and i'm just gonna go do that for 30 seconds i don't
4: know if i could play this game it's because why i think I, hate- I have like a distinct and i've expressed this before where it's like i like lack of direction yes is just going it's going to stress me out so i wonder yeah. Is there, I wonder if there's like obviously a, maybe that's the point and that's fine. You can fine, find, you can find What, what is the? What, what are you, bu- is you building towards anything? Like what is the, so even I don't if have finished I'm doing, uh,
3: I've heard the okay. ending is very good because you are building to like what happens to these kids and what are they, what choices they make as like the year comes to an end, right? As they have to go into their okay. adulthood. Um, but I don't know. I haven't gotten there yet. Yeah. Do you know what I oh, mean? So it's just
1: like a one last summer type story? Yeah, that's exactly like, what the story is. Yes. It's, it's like, okay. is Ken
3: going to go off with his boxing scholarship and become a famous athlete? Or is he going to stay in town where all his friends are? Do you know what I mean? Like, those are But the, are
1: those dilemmas, like, kind of... Like, are there ways you can center those dilemmas in the story of your day-to-day day in this game right like do you, like is there oh i got really caught up with like my friend ken who was debating what he what he's gonna do with his boxing scholarship and you go like have a lot of like long conversations adventures yeah. around it like yeah yes okay. that's
3: exactly what it is yes yeah. yes and that is when it feels most like a visual novel when you're like okay i'm in this conversation or like persona again where you're mm-hmm. like okay i'm focusing on this one relationship and i'm seeing how all much does the it feel scenes?
1: slipping through your fingers when you're doing that, like, because this is the other thing that drives a me lot. wild about games like this, yes. yeah, because that's Dude, the it part feels, where I start like to like freak out. What am I missing? Like, so one of the yeah. one of yeah. the
3: I was reading, I was reading stuff from like impressions, general tips, reviews, and stuff like that. And one of the things I, I, I the reason I heard that the one of the reasons I heard that the ending was so good was a uh, uh, people who were describing their experiences. And so one person was like, "I really like this part of it. I never got into a relationship, but I definitely wanted to date this person. And I'm like so curious what would have happened. And I was like, wow, like you finished this game. And you didn't, you didn't complete the game. You don't have a list of – you didn't checkbox all the stuff you could do, right. which to me makes it really exciting because I love that idea of like what was your last summer at home like? Like what did you focus on? Right. But I also fully get your point, Patrick, of it being like really like um, – uh, not just frustrating but like – um, there's almost a delirious quality to this game because you're like, all right, what am I, what am I doing? And even for me who likes that stuff, it can be a little overwhelming, and yeah. you're just kind of like. What am I missing out on? Is there a thing that only happens on Thursdays at the gym that I wouldn't know because I made my schedule that I work on Thursdays or I guess it's Monday, Wednesday, we'll Friday, I think. is when Yeah, I like it's but, the, the notion know, that yeah. I would
4: then go read a message board thread that explains a bunch of interesting, cool shit that happened. But I didn't get any of that because I just happened to pick the one path that like you miss all that then makes me just not want to do it. it at all because, wow, that just <laughs> seems See, I like, like a waste of time.
3: I am not the, like, games are exceptional person. You know this about me. I hate the arguments that are, like, games – only games can do blank because it feels very defensive and very, like, please treat us like a real – But this sort of missing out, like, building FOMO into the the experience, feeling like there are options that you did not take is something that games do particularly well and – it's something that's unique, and that it's something that is a type of nonlinearity that isn't just about branching paths. It's explicitly about having other opportunities slip by the the running through your fingers thing that Rob said. I like that there is a game that's trying, especially like a small indie game from a you know a, a sure. very small studio. Rob, what's
1: up? Well, something came up in this conversation really interests me, yeah, and it's about Patrick. Mm. Okay. Being like, I need that direction. Like, it would, like, I couldn't handle being sort of just left at loose ends in this game. Because what's weird to me is I would consider you one of the most self directed people I know, right? right? Like, in life. Like, your day to day is like, yeah, if we just drop you into the middle of a day with like nothing to do, odds are you're going to create, like, you're going to start working on some new feature. You're going to figure yeah, out like, two or three the, different Rob, things. Yeah, but that's you want me
4: solving the anxiety over the uh, underlying (laughs) issue. Is you saying, like, oh, uh, drop me in, I'll just figure it out. Yeah, that's me saying, fuck it. There's nothing, like, I need a a point B to go towards. I'll just make a point B, thus resolving the underlying anxiety and tension. But that works for you. Right, but in, like, that's different in a game like this where it's like, well, smoking doesn't resolve the tension because in my head, well, I know A, B, C, and D are here. I just didn't, I couldn't find them. So it's like, it's just something... And maybe if I played it, I would feel this less, but it's more when I think about the potential of playing it, I go, eh, that's just too... I'd just rather, right. like, have the game that in front of me is like, all right, go accomplish these tasks, like... And this has existed long before uh, having a, a kid where, like, time efficiency is more of a mm. priority. This, was, this is just often how I respond to video games. It's why... There's a story I wrote ages and ages ago where uh, I avoided open-world games because I stressed over, like... The overwhelming choice, which was the appeal to people, was the very thing that, like, turned me off to it. And I remember playing, uh, Steven Sotillo assigning me to go to an event to play Fallout 3 before it came out. And me telling him, like, I don't like these types of games. Like, drop me in a map and go wherever. It's like, ah, I, I don't know. Like, that's, I'd rather go on a smaller map and just, like, deal with that. And, but being forced to sit and play the game. It was like, like hey, play the game for eight hours all day and just figure it out. Uh forced me to, like, find mechanisms to enjoy stories like that, which was, like, the way Fallout 3, like, put in, like, minor waypoint. Like, it didn't just drop you in a big map, right, actually. Right. Like, you went in and there were, like, little markers of, like, the question mark, like, early question mark design in, like, games. It's, like, that resolved that tension for me and that I'm not actually just overwhelmed with choice. I can choose to, like, go to this very specific thing and then branch from there.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's super interesting because I it's I hadn't thought about that Rob, but like that is exactly who I think of as Pat, as Patrick is the person who you can count on to find his own path and like to find his own whatever he's going to he's going to fill his fucking day with stuff. But you it turns out you make him like an 18-year-old Japanese school kid and he's just not going to do it. Um it's very funny. I'm looking at the forums right now, and the, the the dev like a year ago was talking about adding an uh, an endless mode. Which I'm curious if that makes it even. I don't. I'm curious if that huh. makes it worse or better for you, knowing that you would have all the time in the world to get everything or see everything.
4: Better. It would better? make it would make me feel better about it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Or at least it would be the kind of thing where. That would allow me to like play the game for a couple of hours, like get right. my sea legs, and then right. okay, now I kind of get what I would like to, and maybe I would get that anyway if I just like played the game, got two hours and realized like actually this is not how I wanted to approach spending your, my right, time, your time, and then I just yeah, like right. jump in again and figure it yeah. out. I don't know. It's yeah. if, I, I'm with you. Like intellectually, I agree that is like a cool <laughs> part of what video games can do. Personally, I find that to be like <laughs> abhorrent to my personality, and like yes. I
1: can't cope with it. You know what would be really subversive, though, is if Endless Mode begins commenting on itself. Mm. Like, at first, everything is normal. (laughs) But then, like, you're at, like, 2x the length of the original game, and people start talking about, like, how weird it is that, like, classes are still going. And, like, (laughs) I thought I'd hear back about, like, my applications, but, like... It it seems like it should have arrived by now, and like increasingly, Man, this it just becomes. a while a, to
5: heal. Huh?
1: <laughs> yeah, and it just starts becoming increasingly like, like purgatorial existence. Rob, for the characters. Rob,
3: <laughs> Rob you're describing the movie Serenity, Sorry, Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> which like I'm here
4: the cast of White Point. Talk oh. more about that. You know,
3: <laughs> yeah, you can go to the podcast and, be new good podcast. and we watch it. Oh, I mean, fr- it's still
4: new in the in the grand scheme. You know, the, the grand yeah. realm of time. It's still a new podcast.
3: It is. That's true. What was the character's name in Serenity? The McConaughey character, Justus.
5: Big
1: Daddy Fish.
3: It wasn't Big Daddy Fish, was it? Justice.
5: The, the that's the name of the fish, right? No.
3: What was the name of the character? He had a fucking great name. <laughs> Baker Dill. Baker Dill. The Friends of Baker Dill. <laughs> It's our new podcast. Browns
4: quarterback is in this. Yeah,
3: uh yeah, I know, right? (laughs) Oh boy, that's friends. The friends of Ringo Ishikawa. It's on Switch. It's where we've been playing. It's also on Steam. I think it's. I don't think it's that. I think it's like fairly affordable. I bought it. I don't. It was was like like twenty. Was it fifteen?
5: Something in that range. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Um. Which Which is the other part of it for me is just like, hey, if you're gonna do something really experimental like this, that you know an audience is maybe not going to be all the way there for the fact that it's only you know 15 20 bucks definitely makes it a little bit more a little bit easier to take that risk you know what i mean um so so yeah go check that I heard, out
5: i heard a story somewhere i have to figure out if this is real or not but it seemed real was that
4: all the Continue. animations Kato, please
5: <laughs> all the animations are done by the like lead designer's dad because yes. they didn't Right?
3: Didn't she? the lead designer tweeted that?
4: Yeah, yeah. Okay. So not well, only that, but the, didn't the the father taught themselves to yes. draw pixel art? Yes. Yep. <laughs> yes. Which, which we need to look wild. into because because the, their child needed help. Which yeah. is like, oh, if, damn. That's if that's. <laughs> I just wanted to believe it's true. Yeah. Exactly. Me too. why I put it as out as a there. reporter. The, I choose <laughs> to not investigate this story.
3: God, the the. Yeah, that I hope that's true, and there's something very, there's something very interesting about being like, Dad. Can you help me make this game about a sad, existential <laughs> Japanese delinquent? <laughs> yeah, um, I, I believe that the developer is, I believe that the developer is Japanese, but I'm actually not sure, so I should not say that. I know that they are not. Mm, you know what? I'm not sure, so I'm just gonna not comment on the. the <laughs> Don't dens. investigate
4: that one either. Just mm, just leave it alone. That
3: feels bad too. I'll <laughs> look into
4: it later. Um,
3: anyway, I know that English was not the game's native language. Is what I will say. Right. Uh, that is what I do now. Yeah. Uh, what else is going on, Patrick? You're playing a game before you showed up today. I was like, yeah. has Patrick checked in, Kato? And Kato was like, uh, yeah. It says he's playing. It says he's playing a game called. Um, I've already forgot the name of this game.
4: Observation.
3: Observation. 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 So he's around. <laughs> um, what the, what's observation? Why don't I? Why do I want to say uh, abduction?
4: Uh, I don't know. I, is that I a different game? I can't help. Probably. What did you say?
3: Abduction is that a game? That was the game by the Mist Cyan. Cyan. Yeah, you're year, right. right?
4: You're is right. The observation
3: yes, is not yes, yes. that.
4: No, it is not that. Uh, Observation is the uh, new game from, I believe, the studio is called uh, No Code. Um, they did a, a really terrific game uh, last year. I believe it was last year uh, called Stories. Uh, let me get. That oh, right. Stories Untold. Stories Untold. Which There's also that? a Cthulhu game called Untold Stories. So I wanted to make sure. <laughs> I, I think it's Stories Untold. Oh, the Stories Untold okay. is a uh, primarily a like interactive. Uh, you know, a fiction game, like you're playing through like a, you know, a a text-based interface, uh, typing in commands and navigating uh, a story. Um, And often through like a, like old school, like 80s, 70s, like computer terminal. Um, And around you is like this really high fidelity. uh, It's a series of short stories. So it's like one is in like a house, like a really creepy, weird house. Another is in a space, is in a like a scientific Uh, station like out in the arctic um and so it's you're often dealing with um a text-based interface and then also kind of like going and dealing with like weird other ui stuff like you're going to go and like fiddle with some dials and get like certain radio frequencies to line up it's it's a it's a game built around um really taking the idea of a text adventure and then putting other visual audio visual wrappers around it to enhance the experience and i thought it was brilliantly done. It's it's such a cool, unique little experience. And so Observation is the new game from that studio and builds on some similar ideas. Um, um, if, if It seems the studio is very interested in interfaces and having players interact with interfaces in unique ways. And so uh, Observation is set, uh, and I'm very reluctant to say too much about um, the story, so, because it seems like, right from the, I'm allowed to talk about the first hour, but, like, there's things in the first hour that, like, I don't even want to touch upon, so I'll just talk talk very vaguely about, like, what the sort of setup is. An observation, you are, it's on a space station, something has gone wrong, um, there is sort of a, at least, a, uh, seemingly a sole survivor, and they boot up the uh, OS for the space station called SAM, and... Instead of playing the space station survivor, you instead are manipulating the operating system. You are the huh. AI. Okay. You have access to all of the cameras on the space station. You have access to um, like you can pair like with different devices around you. Like literally, you you zoom in, you scan, you get a number sequence. Like you're pairing a Bluetooth <laughs> <laughs> like speaker, and you type in like three, four, five, and then you get access to some measure of abilities. And so it's this really cool thing where you have this uh, character you're interacting with, who is like giving you different commands or suggestions. And then you're kind of like, like swap, you hit space and uh, you can see all the different rooms you can act or interact with. And you can see where that character is. So if the character says like, I'm going from station a to station F, You can go in real time, like, swap between the cameras and, like, watch them do their thing while you're kind of exploring and poking around. Um, They do really cool things where uh, there's a sequence I just did where um, uh, we needed to, like, uh, uh, disconnect one of the modules because there was, you know, there's some sort of event that has occurred that has caused a lot of destruction and fire, and we need to, like, jettison this one part of the, the station we're on. And so I need to get an authorization code to the to the survivor and so they're reading off a number sequence, and the first time I I was listening, like it's like twelve numbers, and I'm like, whoa, you're going really. Do I need, do I need to get a pen and paper out? Like, is this a game where it's like note taking? And it's like, right. no, you have a number, you have a numericals uh, uh, interface in front of you, and you just need to type those numbers in real time with oh. the character in order to like then get the authorization code that you can um, give back to them. And the way the game does the interface for that is like really clever. So. Like when you pull up, and all the UI is very like '70s, '80s, like sci-fi. You know, if you think back to like uh, you know the interface in a movie like Alien, like that's the kind of like aesthetic they're they're going for. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, like, what will happen is, like, say uh, the, the you know the character says, "I need to know like what the pressure." Pressurization is like in module F. So like you'll uh, you know you'll pull up like the space station, you'll like log into this this area, and then up, up, along various ways, you can hold down a button and it'll allow you to relay information okay. back to the character. So it's mm. like if you hover your mouse over like pressurization, you'll relay that information. If you hover the mouse over uh you know, the, the uh, a spot where there was a fire. Like you relay information about like what you're seeing, and so it's a lot of God, you going so back and forth to questions. this character.
3: I have so hmm. many questions about like reliability and some other stuff here that I don't even want to ask for fear of hitting spoiler so, shit.
4: So I have not. Inc- yes. Yeah, so uh, so I will say the game seems to touch on that possibility very early on without consequence. Okay. And I'm hoping it will go in that direction. Be- so like for example. The AI is offline at the very start of the game, okay. and then you hear the coughing of the survivor, and uh, she says, uh, you know, whatever sequence that, like, gets the AI's attention, and then she needs to do a voice recognition process, and the when that happens, you get a big, bold accept or reject,
1: Ooh. and so
4: from the start, I just said, well, let's just – let's see what we're playing with here. I'm going to reject, and – uh, what happens is that, well, the first sequence it was kind of a garbled sort of like uh, voice, so I was able to either like accept or reject based on, well, I can't fully hear her voice, right? Um, but I could accept it anyway with like a partial God. match, and so instead I hit reject, and she sort of like clears her throat, like gets the signal right, and does like a clear match, and at that point then the game like highlights it in green It says like like full match for this this character. <sighs> Um, and you can still <laughs> hit reject, and I didn't do it. Oh! I should log back in and see what happens the second time. Um, I wanted to get further along just yeah, so I could yeah. talk a little bit on the podcast. But I, I do want to go back, and it does. Yeah, so yes, I what I'm hoping for from this game is like a an exploration of being an unreliable narrator for the character or characters you may end up interacting with, right. and be essentially being able to role play as. How, How right. or something like that, where it's like, can oh, I cut off my AI microphone
3: th- so that I can't hear the control, you know, term or whatever?
4: <laughs> yeah, the, the whole notion of like, okay, if the AI is thinking, it's a really smart concept to just make the player that. And so the player's decisions are then the AI making those choices. It's just right. like a really smart way to, to deal with that relationship and then to, to jump that into like an, a purely interface based uh, game. Um, seems really clever and builds a lot, a lot of the stuff that they were doing in stories untold. And yeah, I played 20 minutes and all I've thought about since then is how I want to get back and see how they start paying some of that stuff off. Because I, I'm more or less at the point where they're just introducing the basic concepts. And I know it's at least a couple hours long and I'm really interested to see where it goes from here.
1: Austin, let's take the day off and play show simulator 2019. <laughs> 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 it sounds I,
4: good. I wanna, I, I'm gonna ask for some more codes because if it if it does seem like it goes in those other directions, boy, I'd, I would love to have us more of us play it and yeah. then revisit like where that ended up. So, I, um, yeah, that's observation. It uh, it comes out this week. It's on I think at least PC and PS4. Um, I, I and believe- I'm really curious to see how they handle the 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 interface on PS4 because if you have an opportunity, I'm with without having played the PS4 version, I would recommend playing the PC version. Because as someone that plays 99% of the games on a controller, even when they're playing on a PC, because I just prefer it over mouse yeah. and keyboard, uh, there is something about a game in which you're interacting with an old school 70s computer terminal sort of interface, there is just something about hitting big buttons, especially yeah. on a, I have a, like a, an extremely clicky keyboard mm. that is just so much more satisfying hitting <laughs> W than I think would be hitting L1. Yeah, um, yeah. Sure. Probably not a make or break on whether it's a good game or a story or not. But if you have the choice, uh, my guess is it's probably not like a huge like lift for like a PC. And there's just something about doing it on a keyboard that feels really cool and tactile.
3: So I went, to see, I went to see how much it was and like when the release date was and stuff like that. And so I do the thing I always do when I search for games on, on the PC where I'm like, oh, yeah, uh, Observation Steam. And it's not right. on Steam. Oh, It's yes. on Epic. Yep.
4: <laughs> it's, I had, I, had to, I spent, <laughs> So I, I usually have an hour in the morning to play a game before I sit down for work. And instead I had 25 minutes because I went to go redeem the code into Steam and it said no. And I was like, huh? And I was like, oh, this is on the Epic Store launcher, which meant, all right, launch the Epic Store launcher. Haven't booted this thing up in three months. <laughs> um, let that update, let that update again. Although, I don't know, we didn't, we didn't touch on any of this, but like the, that That sale they did was, like, a weird shit show last week. Did you see any of that
1: stuff? No, wait, what happened? Developers were pulling their games.
4: Yeah, like, like Gearbox pulled Borderlands 3. A bunch of other major publishers pulled major games. I might be wrong on this, but I believe what was the case was that Epic was essentially going to subsidize a $10 off sale on, like, everything on the store. And basically just the developers didn't have to eat the cost on that. But then a bunch of big publishers uh, pulled their games, and I think there has been like an official statement on like the the why. But I think it's like easy to imagine it's hey we drive a lot of sales from the concept of sales yeah. later, yeah. as opposed to doing that up front. Whereas Epic's point of view is well we'd let her, we want to lock in players now, um, and I can see why that makes more sense for. Indie studios than it does for for big publishers, but what a, that was a weird it was like
3: that. It was um, was it Vampire the Masquerade also yep got mm-hmm. pulled. Mm-hmm. I think those are, they've said that they're, they'll go back on once the sale is over. Basically, sale is over. Yeah, but like yeah. very very. Uh, how does that happen? How does that? How do you green light a sale like that without clearing it and be everyone being in the same place? Or if they
4: did, how are they? How was there that much confusion by the time it went right right live? Right. Right. Weird.
5: Yeah. Oh, uh, speaking of uh, stories untold, that's actually free now. Awesome! Until the third. Yeah, if you, you have not played that, log
4: into Epic Game Store and get that because it is it is truly it's one of those like I don't take like the end of the year list that seriously, but I do have like an like I I regret not putting that on my list. Like it's like a, yeah. I put it in like the like bottom like asterisk one. I was like, nah, that was a fuck up. That should have <laughs> been. <laughs> higher like i've i've felt that that's how it goes. of regret yeah. ever since
3: yeah that that shit always happens
4: you just don't know how a game's gonna sit with you like a like a year and a half later and like that game has sat with me and just like rose in like my respect and enjoyment of it in a way that i didn't feel as much at the time
1: well that was also like a really lavish anthology of previously established uh like HTML fiction, right? Like I don't know. I don't know if those had actually. I hits. don't think that's I don't, true. I think they were original stories no. for that, weren't they? Yeah, I think they're original stories.
3: I'm pretty sure. Maybe I'm wrong, but but I
4: thought if that's that that true. Was... That's news to me. But I I, I could be. I, I guess I could be wrong on it. Let me see. Let's look.
1: That yeah, I'm like... pretty sure they were like pr- games that had previously hit as mm. like interactive fictions. Interesting. And okay. Then this okay, was like so... a more.
3: It says it was started as from so Wikipedia. So it told it originally started as a single as the single first episode, "The House Abandoned" in 2016, which was an, uh, an entry to Let Him Dare 36. So that was a free that would have existed already, but I don't nice. know. Yeah,
4: yeah it's it, there's nothing here it's not at least in the wiki note notes that they're um, that they're not just original stories. Um,
3: regardless, that game seemed cool. We streamed it. I think Danielle mm-hmm. and uh, Joel did a stream of it, which was exciting. Um, most people should go watch that also.
0: What? It was extremely
1: cool. It's extremely creepy. Like it, yes. it yeah. showed off like how well a really well done, like ambient soundtrack and, and score plus like some really satisfyingly intricate interface elements can, can immerse you in something.
3: Yeah. Before we wrap up, we should, I was, just, me and Kyle are about to be on our, our respective shit. Um, <laughs> Kato, can you give me a Destiny update? I know you've written down here. I know you've probably wanted to talk about Destiny, Destiny really bad for a yeah. while.
5: I'll, yeah, like we didn't do it last week at all, or the week before, or the week, or the week
3: before. Week before. No, so I'm finally going to give you your due. <laughs> What's up with Destiny? right? What's up with Destiny two?
5: You know, fucking Natalie left, good.
3: and then immediately put eight hours into Destiny two.
5: Yeah, that's fucked up. <laughs> it's so Honestly. fucking funny to
3: me. It's. so so funny to me that for oh years God. she for yeah she sat next to you the destiny yeah and, and before you Danica Danica was also a big destiny I person know. and now uh, now she suddenly is all the way into destiny oh my but God. so what is the deal with the new destiny stuff uh, what's it's... the stuff that's that's interesting what we, oh, lost no. we lost Patrick Oh, he's back okay so tell me more about Destiny two and what's going on with it now Kado.
5: yeah it's just um. It's in a really good place, especially if you've been keeping up story-wise. There's been multiple threads that have kind of are coming to a head as this new content drop is about to happen mm. in June. Um, and there was recently, uh, I talked about this uh, a couple weeks ago, but the a new um, mission, and it turns out that that mission has had even more layers of puzzles on top of it. So if you ever enjoyed a puzzle in Destiny, there's lots of them to do right now. And it's really cool because normally that's not the type of uh, content that we're getting. It's more like, you know, the normal shooty stuff, but there's uh, some really, really, uh, neat stuff. And they're kind of wrapping up a bunch of storylines that has, it's really, uh, it's really, uh, for me solidified that this new content, uh, Layout where they did instead of having three or like two extra expansions this year they did uh, three um, what was the they had a different name for them but they weren't yeah it was it was part of the annual pass and basically it felt more like a continuous kind of drip of right. new things rather than like here's the new DLC. You finish the campaign in the first couple of days, and then you grind until you can get to whatever the end game is. Right. Um, this is like here's the new DLC, and throughout the entire uh, season, Sorry, that's what they yeah that's what they're calling it, right? Yeah, right, right. The individual, there's yeah three there's just seasons. Yeah, there's like a
3: sustained release of yeah. of of content that's smaller stuff. It's not like big campaign right. levels and shit.
5: Yeah, and like there's still like uh for the people who are interested in uh like playing campaign sort of things where it's like you do a mission, you get some story out of it. Like that still exists, but it exists on a week to week basis where it absolutely has made the world feel more alive. I talked about this earlier, but it feels like you're kind of, you know, things that are changing and happening are happening in real time where before it was like always like, how long has it actually been in the destiny world, quote unquote, since X event happened. Right. And now the way that it's happening, it's like, Things that happen in this game are happening in real time, and it and you, you're seeing things play out with NPCs and their choices in real time, which has been really cool. Uh, cool, thing, totally different. Than I mean, the any of the, the ones one
3: before. thing, one of the ones you mentioned was like, the, if you play Destiny Two, there's that mission pretty early on where you run into a fallen who is yes. like not hostile, and you like. Kind of chase them, but like work with them through this entire facility and that character actually came back recently yes, which, which is rad, which I'm is super cool
5: um and yeah like they give you this uh they send you on like a, a scavenger hunt which a bunch with a bunch of riddles which were, were really cool about the and like it talks about the ways that they see fallen and humans as kind of uh actually uh, mirrors of each other with reference to their connection to the traveler and has. Uh, a really really good gun at the end as well, <laughs> and a cool mission that is um it's, it's it's uh I've mentioned this before but Whisper of the Worm was the first time they did this but it's like a timed mission with a lot of uh, mazes and jumping puzzles in it okay. which is not again not a thing that you normally see mostly it's uh, combat encounters but this is like combat up front a bunch of mazes and puzzles in the middle and then like one big boss encounter at the end. Um, and it's just been really interesting to see them really play with uh, the the format of their missions uh, right. where normally they they hadn't before the, the season pass.
3: Cool. Yeah. Well, thank you for the update on <laughs> Destiny 2. I am, at this point, I just have to be honest with myself that I'm never going to get back into it. and yeah. I'll have to try again when Destiny 3 hits. Eventually. And that's just the truth about who I am and where <laughs> I'm
1: at in my life. It's um, too bad. The Osiris are... thing was really bad. It was like, bad. The thing, here's the right? thing. Like, Every,
5: yeah, no. It was bad. It got really good after that.
1: Yeah, but the problem is, like, I, <laughs> Osiris I was, like, was really to Destiny, <laughs> and I picked up, it was like, all right, here's what you missed. Let's get into the Osiris thing. And I was like, this is a nightmare.
5: <sighs> it's not good. I think you can skip over that stuff at this point. And also, it's a shitty payoff for all that. Uh-huh. Yes, no, they totally, mm. Osiris was done dirty. He deserved more. Wow.
3: <laughs> honestly just because it was just boring you mean yeah because it was
5: boring and anticlimactic and like he's he had been like in destiny one had been like you know whispers in the sides of like oh they had sown so so many promising seeds yeah Yeah. like
1: you like you were like ah we're gonna get into this we're gonna really start unpacking like the connection between osiris and the vex and like the nature of the vex and then it was like you want to go stand around on a in a parking lot on Mercury and <laughs> shoot some vex for yeah. hours. Yeah, no
3: thanks. I'm good.
5: This is honestly the, and like the the difference is feels night and day between those expansions and the current stuff. Like where we haven't really even gotten a, there hasn't been a new like zone, but it's allowed them to refocus the energy of making like a new area into really using the current areas they have well and putting a lot more story into it you know on the on the kind of weekly basis and it's been much more interesting like the stuff right now all has to do like one of the storylines has to do with Marasav right which we thought died back in Destiny 1 uh s- spoilers i guess she's alive everyone knew she was alive yeah. it was it was yeah. a thing it's been I'm wild. giving Kato a look
3: <laughs> for people
5: out there um and uh It's been really fun to see her actually be more fleshed out as a character. Good. Which is great.
3: Nice. Uh, My update is about Giant Robots. I played Project Nimbus Complete Edition on Switch. I'm not going to speak long on it because it's a a game that's been out on PC for years in various forms. It was like an early access mech game on PC that has now shipped in its final version on Switch. Mm -hmm. I think it hit other consoles recently. And it's something I've just never got around to. Um, it's like a third-person action game where you have giant robots. It's like Ace Combat, but with mechs uh, and a much lower budget. So it's like mission-based. All that stuff I said about Ace Combat earlier this year, around like, oh wow, I haven't played something like this in forever. Where it's just you sit down and you play mission after mission, and a story happens at you. <laughs> is like still is true about this too. It feels like a PS2 game. I don't mean that as an insult. I mean that like just as like when I play, I'm like, wow, I feel like I am, you know. 20, Twenty 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 one, or maybe I was younger than that when the PS two was. Out. I was probably in high school, but the you know just playing. God, time is
1: wild. Okay, <laughs> uh, and you remember just being in your twenties playing on the PS <laughs> well, two.
3: I was, I was in through. PS two is a good system.
1: Uh, well, PS two went on for a long time. Like that was yes. that was a dorm room yes. favorite.
3: Right, but I was out of a dorm room by the time I was twenty one. I was twenty one in my. I was still in a dorm room. Whatever. In my twenties, I was not in many dorm. Right? Yeah, I was not in many dorm rooms. <laughs> um, the point is, giant robots. It's like sort of like an armored core ish type mm. feel. Um, in the campaign, you're not customizing any of the mechs. You're just kind of like getting one from a mission, and you're jumping between different you know factions as the war plays out. And it's very much the same style of like, what's really going on here? Like, ooh, is there a third faction that's kind of making these two sides fight each other and mm. It's fine. It's fine. I like giant robots. Maybe I'll put it... I like play through the first like act of the game, basically. Um, maybe I'll put a little more time into it, but I can't imagine actually sticking with it. It's 20 bucks on Switch, which is like if you're desperate to fly around in a giant robot and swing yeah. a laser sword at some shit, that's not too bad. Um, there is a mode I want to try out that is like a little more freeform and that does allow for some custom customization mm. and stuff. So maybe that'll win me over. Um, but until then, not really.
5: Did, did I ever tell you there's a mech in Destiny? There's a, there's a boss yes, that's a mech. Yes, you told me about that. Okay, I watched yeah. it. It's a cool mech. It's that's a cool, cool boss mech. mech. I'm yeah. not
3: really interested in killing mechs. Nine, no, nice. Just... Unless they were real, in which case I think we should destroy all real mechs. <laughs> um, it's a mech. It's a yeah, mech I. With, I, a, robot with, with a robot in it. it. I know. It's, yeah, I got it. It's a mech with a bigger mech. It's, yeah, 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 I know. Yeah. Uh, one other thing I can actually briefly talk about I can't talk about like anything that I played last week, at <laughs> Judges Week yet. Um, and there's stuff I played at Judges Week that is for judging only. It means I'll literally never be able to talk about it until it's out, which is frustrating. Like, hmm. don't mm, don't. Or do there's that. like
4: like we like we get this like review like so like to give an example of how sometimes this works like when we last year when we saw um, Sakura right. Three right. So you and I go to an appointment yes. to see a presentation of Sekiro. Yes. and then after that, because Austin is flagged as a judge and I am not. Um, <laughs> you are then you are then like literally okay, so you, you walk into the hotel room there's like some couches and some chairs there's a it's a darkened room there's a there's a big TV and there's a couple developers who walk through this translator they do their spiel there's some Q&A great spiel by the everyone way everyone out. yeah yeah and, and everyone is usher, everyone is ushered out uh, except like we know like we've been told in advance like oh you're a judge or something you know specific for judges okay um, and then they mentioned to me like you can stick around you just can't Do the judging part, which then involves (laughs) us turning around from where our chairs were. And in like um, more or less a closet, um, there is a laptop and not even a particularly nice laptop, just like some gaming one uh, set up with an Xbox controller. And then Austin is allowed to sit down and play like play until he dies in like a sequence in which he has not been tutorialized. That game is imagine playing Sekiro with like no real understanding of how to play it. It's the opening. Um, Oh, okay. It's like the the, first Yeah, playing one of the mini bosses, right? Yeah.
3: It's like, it was hopping down. It was like, uh, uh, now I know that it was like Ashina outskirts or whatever. Right. Yes. And it's like the first guy that you walk down the like the, the uh, area and you stab him. And there's yeah. like two more regular guys and then yeah. a mini boss. I got to the mini boss. I think I took one. Mm, I did not. take a de- <laughs> uh, Maybe I took a death blow off of him. I don't fucking remember. But like, I don't know what the UI is. I don't know what any of this shit yeah. is. And you can't talk. Well, they're like part.
4: very explicit, like, uh, hey, like part of the reason we're not showing this is because we're still figuring out. I wish I, I wish I could remember it was different because it'd be fascinating know, to me know too. what changed since then. But I didn't. Well, really they didn't know how to ta- talk. T- One of the
3: questions that we kept asking was like, "How do you get death blows back? Or how do you get live more lives? Is it just right? Like, and how does resurrection time? work? They're like, "Oh, we'll figure it out. We don't fucking know. Like, we're getting on it. We're figuring it out. <laughs> well, they, well they, they didn't want funny. to be
4: committed to something yes, and then have yes. like gamers drag them because they preferred a yeah. different version. You said I could buy
3: resurrections out. or so, you know like, yeah, given the way that so like Austin
4: could. Austin played the sequence until he died, and I was allowed to watch, but I was not allowed to play.
3: I and neither just, of us were allowed watch. to talk about – I couldn't talk no. about playing it. So I couldn't say, like, oh, the controls felt good or the jumping felt cool, even though I <laughs> and knew it We recorded it a conversation
4: did. about Sekiro right. where we would have to, like, pause sometimes and be like, Wait, okay. How do we talk about this without Do I talk? know like, this mm, from the
3: presentation mm, or do I know this because yeah. I played it and can I include that information?
4: Is it conceivable
3: that I knew this from the presentation <laughs> without getting into trouble? Like can I talk about –
4: How far can we skirt this?
3: Right. But the thing that's happened this year at Judges Week is like multiple things – Multiple things I played, so for the reason it's like you can play it for judging is I get to then say, as you know, what what did Waypoint, (laughs) what did Vice Games choose as its favorite games of E3 so they can put a a thing on their box that says, Vice says that this is a good game because E3. Um, And so they want to be considered for that, but a number of games were like, that's all, like, you can't write this up. I'm like, you, I'm like, OK, was there going to be an E3 demo that like I can talk about that like, or I can talk about my experience then? But like, yeah, we'll be at E3. There's a different demo, though. So you will have to see that demo. De- and that'll be a hands off
1: demo in some cases. It's like what? I, I had Just say g- it's best to be three and get the fuck out.
3: Right. Like, what? I had a good time. I want to talk about the times I had with some of these fucking games. So some of these Great. games. Put I'm the just- sticker
1: on and just use the door. <laughs>
3: Please. Thank sir, you. sir. Thank you. What's the sticker? I wanted a Waypoint sticker. Why does it say Vice? <laughs> um, the But what I can talk about, there's one game so far that's out of that embargo, and that is Rocket Arena, which is, I just remembered came out of embargo. Uh, Nexon is publishing that. Um, I know what you're thinking. There's already a Quake 3 mod called Rocket Arena. This is, like, very much inspired by that and Overwatch and Smash Brothers. Huh. Super Smash Brothers for the Nintendo system. But... Uh, It is a 3v3 character-based, like, first-person shooter where... Every character has some variation on a rocket launcher or a grenade launcher. You're doing rocket jumps by, like, pointing at the ground and shooting to boost yourself up. Um, everyone has a couple of cool abilities, like, various abilities around things like like traversal. Um, I had a, a character who could, like, do, like, a dash forward with a harpoon or something like that. You know, characters who have, like, different types of rockets. Do you shoot, like, a bunch of mini rockets or do you shoot a big rocket, like, one big rocket? Um, and then the modes are either, like, basically... Smash-style, like, take stocks from your opponent, or um, uh, there's, like, a a football-style mode where you're trying to, like, drive a ball into the enemy's, like, goal. Um, And it's all team-based. It does a really cool thing when you get killed. You just kind of get, again, it's like Smash Brothers, so what happens is your health bar is a percentage, is a bar that fills up, and when it's filled up all the way, a direct hit will knock you out of the arena. Hmm. But you'll know, kind of, like, fly hmm. up and then redeploy almost Splatoon-style back into combat. So you're never, like, going to a black screen. You're never dying. Um, uh, you it's, it's... I had a lot of fun with it. I don't know that I'll ever play it when it releases in any meaningful way um, because I immediately know that, like... I did very well at Judges Week. I will not do very well against <laughs> players who are playing this for hours and hours a day. And I just I, – I, there are times when I was like this feels like a really cool one-off mode that would show up in Overwatch one week mm. where it's like, oh, yeah, like Pharah. Everyone plays Pharah and there's a ball. And, you know, like that's the, that's the thing, you know, or something like that. Right. And that's kind of how it felt. Like, I don't want to take away from the, the different characters with the unique abilities that they had. They were all really neat. There were some really cool plays that, that developed. Um, and it felt good to do well at that game and get a bunch of wins. Like that felt – I felt like I was having a lot of fun. Um, but, uh, you know, you, sometimes you play a multiplayer game at an event like this and you're like, I don't know. This is cool, but I don't know that there's a market and I certainly don't know that it's for me you know um so that yeah, is yeah, this is like
1: exactly where i was after seeing lawbreakers right uh, yeah totally ago. like you're in the exact same headspace where i was like i am completely unconvinced but i did undeniably have a nice time
3: i had a nice time i would play more of this in, in like some abstract sense you know what i mean like if <sighs> If I, again, if I was 20 years old and had a little bit more free time and my friends were like, oh, you wanna hop on, uh, uh or whatever, Lawbreakers? You wanna hop on Rocket Arena? <laughs> sure, sure. Let's play some Rocket Arena. Um, Is there
1: also something just weird about, like, we could take this stuff for granted? Back in the day, you know what I mean? Yes, like, yes, the, the arena shooter was like a thing, and this would be one sort of thing that you would get really involved in. Same way, like years ago, Shoot Mania tried to resurrect, yes. like, uh, just like Quake Three, but just all rail guns all the time. Uh, and it is a little bit weird to me when I see these things, and they're trying to recapture a really narrow part of the arena shooter. And they're like, good news. Like, we're bringing back that classic gameplay. Rocket, like, <laughs> you know, rockets only maps yep. in Quake 3. Isn't this great? And I'm like, I mean, I remember that stuff being fun. But it's weird to me that, like, this is what's getting brought back. But, like, arena shooters in general like, no, fuck no. Like, that's just not. that That <sighs> yeah. is not coming back.
3: I will say, like, it, there's something really cool about them being like we are going to develop out this mode with new stuff that feels like distinct to a game built around this mode you know Mm. um yeah like you know there's a there there's a character the abilities are really dramatic right so there's a character who's like a pirate who has just like a cannon who shoots just like a big cannonball but then who has a rocket that has like a grappling hook on it And then also his ability is, like, this big knockback thing. So you could, like, grapple someone in and then explode this shockwave to knock people away from you. Or there's a character who um, turns into, like, a Splatoon squid but made of water and then can, like, (laughs) quickly move around the map and then explode into, like, a geyser that does huge damage to anything caught in the in the middle of it and can, like, knock the ball away if you're playing in that mode. And those things feel really well considered for what this specific game is. They wouldn't be great characters. They'd feel very, like, uh, um, uh, cookie-cutter in a more traditional direct, like, FPS game. But because you're already thinking about these... Skills inside of the context of something that's just about rockets and about doing damage and getting people knocked out. Like I was like, oh wow, these characters are all, like all of those abilities seem really cool and really mm. interesting, and I can see how they interact in fun ways. And so like I, I I'm happy for them to have tried doing that. Uh, and like I don't necessarily need the arena shooter. I don't know that we have space for the arena shooter right now, unless unless what we're talking about is something that ends up taking the Overwatch or the Fortnite style progression system. And then, like, I don't know that I have time for that in my life either anymore. You know, like, I don't want to open loot boxes. And that's part, part of my problem right now with just, even if this game was, even if I was like, this was the best time I had all week, I don't know that I would find time for it because the progression models in these games at this point put me off so much. And that's a me thing. That's like, I get that the reason those progression systems exist is because lots of people are digging them, but yeah. not where I'm at right now. I don't know. I don't
4: know. Outer Wilds is coming out on May thirtieth.
3: Outer Wilds is coming out on May thirtieth. Not Outer Worlds. Outer Wilds. Outer Wilds. Different game. Remember That's which That's one is which. Outer Wilds is the one that we saw at PAX last year, and uh-huh. is about I ex- know that. Okay, it's about the, about exploring one solar system. Okay. Uh, Outer Worlds. I'm just saying
4: it's it's it's, it's May twentieth. Yeah, coming out on May. 30th. It's coming out in
3: ten days. That's just. I have a code in my huh. email. I got to <laughs> sit down with it and play it. Yeah. Outer Worlds is the. Outer Worlds is the Obsidian, Obsidian one. Okay. Fallout, okay. Uh, Fallout New Vegas esque right. uh, uh, space thing, um, which will be at E3, I believe. Um, Outer Wilds looks fucking dope, and I'm excited to play it. So it I'm, does look cool. I'm gonna try to do that this week too. I think that's everything. I think that's everything I, I am allowed to talk about at this point. We'll have more to say about a bunch of new stuff as the weeks, <clears throat> as the road to E3 continues. As the weeks press on, as we, it's close. It's it's close, like so close. We booked. We we finally. (laughs) It is. We'll be there in seventeen days. Jeez. Thirty days, House of Temple. No, it's eighteen days. What
5: do I take? I got a plan. I have a dentist
3: thing tomorrow. I'm worried that oh shit. I don't like. What if they ruin my face and they're like no more talking?
4: You know what? (laughs) I mean, worst fates. (laughs)
3: My whole all my money is me talking, Patrick. This is my money maker. La, 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 la. They pay me money to do the, la la la. I don't know why. La, la, la. Lots of people.
4: It's a good that's a good Patreon pitch.
3: Yeah. Fuck. Listen, it's working so far.
4: Uh, <laughs> hey, ab- this article, did you see this article the uh, no. Sony's deal with Microsoft blindsided its own PlayStation team. Wow. Well, Tell me more, start. is this the Azure, uh, is this the uh, cloud computing so last So yeah, yeah. last week, last Thursday, I believe, no. there was a, Sony and Microsoft announced, like, a big partnership between um, their <sighs> companies uh, in which Sony was going to rely on, uh, going forward, Microsoft's uh, Azure cloud platform, which, uh, like, quietly, like, Microsoft has, like, fixed, like, an, a foundational structural problem with their company, which is that they made money off of Windows licenses, and instead now they're going to make most of their money in the way that Amazon makes a lot of money in just hosting shit yeah. really reliably and really well. And they, the company is, like, completely pivoted in a really amazing way to, to services, like, very quietly. And so they announced this deal, which was like, kind of like, well, that's interesting. I mean, like, not shocking in, like, a larger sense of, like, of course, you would like turn to a service company for your services, um, but given the rivalry between Sony and Microsoft over PlayStation Xbox, seemed a little odd, I guess. Don't so they have a thing? Bloomberg. Well, so, G- hmm. uh, yeah. Yeah. so this, this piece from from Bloomberg, uh, uh, from reporters uh, Yuji Nakamura and uh, Dina Bass, uh, writes. Uh, let me pull up this quote. Um, Let's, yeah, so last week, the company's announced a strategic partnership to co-develop game streaming technology and host some of PlayStation's online services on the Redmond-based company's Azure cloud platform. It comes after PlayStation spent seven seven years developing its own cloud gaming offering with limited success. Yeah, because PlayStation now is not very good. Nope. Uh, Negotiations with Microsoft began last year and were handled directly by Sony Senior Management in Tokyo, largely without the involvement of the PlayStation unit, according to people familiar with the matter. Staff at the gaming division were caught off guard by the news. Managers had to calm workers and assure them that plans for the company's next generation console weren't affected, said the people, asking not to be identified discussing private matters. Uh, Hmm. Yeah, that's, love love um, it when
3: when a company makes big moves without a lot of transparency. It just really just,
4: especially at like a very critical time yep. for the next gen pivot, in which there isn't going is... to be a lot of like like things that are things like hardware manufacturing. Like those things are like in place. Um, strategic plans for the next five years are in place. Yeah. There's a certain amount of like you know you can you know put your finger up to the wind and see where it's changing, but like a lot of major decisions that have been made already and what was it just a couple of weeks ago when uh there was the wired piece about the ps5 yeah in which there was a kind of a lingering quote about towards the end like so what's up you got you know streaming? you all doing streaming and like cloud and they're like oh yeah we plan to be a leader in this and then that and by leader
1: (laughs) we sorry we meant leesor uh, I guess we meant lessee but we got confused we said leaser and you know that's not they a word it so it was leader
3: <laughs> We're a leader in the sense that we're leading the way of the new model where we lease servers for Microsoft. <laughs> <laughs> we're the first ones to do it in this capacity. Google is not doing that. Um, it's so funny. I, I remember, uh, Patrick, when that story first broke, the the one about Microsoft and Sony kind of exchanging some technologies as part of a streaming collaboration deal, it reminded me of, like, when the Blu-ray versus the HD DVD stuff was happening, um, you know, during the Xbox 360 generation. Is that when, is that when that was, right? Because was yeah. the external HD there, DVD. There
4: was, yeah, there was an external HD DVD drive for the the 360.
3: And it's like, listen, in the end, Microsoft pays licensing fees to use that Blu-ray tech to Sony. The Blu-ray is a Sony tech, right? That's that yes. thing you have to fucking yeah. license, right? Yeah. So it's yeah. like, you yeah. know, this is the world that we live in is, is the one where these well, little so yeah, deals it's... happen all the
4: time. Well, and like this is like a, you know, it, ultimately yeah, it's like a uh, – It is interesting that the PlayStation division was not um, given much heads up. This generation is just, like, laying the groundwork for what is, like, the larger grand – you know, Google Stadia and stuff like that will be a minor blip in the next – it will become a blip that gets bigger, but it's not, like, going to change overnight. I think we should – given the way that, like, uh, myself and lots of other uh, gaming pundits, I'll put us in that category for this prediction. There was a lot of, like – oh, this is the end of the gaming console. Like, Xbox One and PS4 are, like, it, like, mobile gaming's taking over. Like, th- we're making this big pivot. And, like, none of that happened. Actually, like, this was, like, the healthiest, like, most successful um, console cycle uh, yet. And so, like, I, I would, I do my own hedging. But from this piece, um, uh, they write, uh, Microsoft may come out an even bigger winner. The Xbox unit continues to turn out games and consoles, but is now increasingly focused on ways to sell more cloud software. In March, it announced a lineup of services for game development and cloud hosting that it's hawking to game companies of all sizes. Landing a console king Sony makes it more likely that Azure, and not Amazon or Google, becomes the industry standard for cloud deployment. Over the long term, some are warning Sony could be the loser, currently charges publishers like Electronic Arts and Capcom up to 30% of sales made through PlayStation consoles. But if streaming takes off, it will have to compete against Microsoft while paying its rival for cloud access. That could leave Sony struggling to stand out on technical and pricing terms. It's wild. Like, that's where, like... That's that's where like the the real scare is for a company like Sony yeah. is that you suddenly start having to pay others for the places that you're hosting the game and that's a part of the larger question of like what does the box mean in, right in but the future, also if you're playing it through your laptop
3: that spread of companies who could they pay they could pay Amazon Google or Microsoft Microsoft is obviously a direct rival. Google is getting into the marketplace and we know Amazon is too. Like all of these people are going to be people who Sony is competing against. So like unless they were developing their own their own product or going to someone who was developing those services but who was not aiming to put a console on the market, they would have to pay in. And uh also quick note, maybe we should have a system that prevents <laughs> any one company <laughs> from owning all parts of a distribution network. Hmm. Maybe that's a thing well, we should was, think about.
1: See, that was my that was my thought, Austin. It was like What if they didn't compete? Like, competition sounds scary, and, like, there's a lot of ways this could go wrong, but what if, like, you only kind of appear to compete? Right,
3: right. What if they, like, Mm -hmm. collaborated and...
1: Yeah, well, like, like, for instance, like, it would be terrible if... Sony were licensing Microsoft's uh, right. services and then undercutting Microsoft's own product on pricing that wouldn't be fair right and then what Microsoft's gonna screw them on the back end and change oh. the pricing for leasing those services what if instead you did something like just informally right, right? like to, you just sort people of upset? casually say right. like I think I would like to charge PlayStation customers about 20 a month. <sighs> for kind of this unlimited library right. of streaming games. And you can do with that information what you will.
3: I think we should just write all that information on like a card that we just like a it was like a like a card team, like a like a cartel is what I would say we should do. <laughs> that way there's just like a nice it's just clear for us, but nobody else. that yeah. we're on the same team, right? You know what I mean? Like a little wink whenever we see each other. Like, oh, we're just you will, yeah, you know, it's us. And everybody else thinks we're still going at rah, rivals. I think so we should we break can't, up. No, monopolies. no more appearing on stage
1: <laughs> together. No more.
3: No more. God, that that Keeley tweet of like. Wow, who could have imagined what, how that would bring? So, real talk. We're gonna, I think we're going to see more of this very <laughs> Look soon. Look at is these oil company the
1: executives <laughs> meeting together. Who could have foreseen what a day this is? John D. Rockefeller and his <laughs> biggest rivals.
3: <laughs>
1: meeting for lunch.
3: They did it. They played golf together. Oh, they care about the big things. Um, I think we'll see more of this. this is like my, the only, my only E3 prediction that I feel confident. That's not true. Yeah. Is that I think we're going to see more of this sort of like industry wide cross play, you know, people, the business leaders standing together, shaking hands, making deals. I, and I think there is definitely part of me is the person who's like, yeah, like I, I do want the one console future. I do want these companies to move into services and software and to think about games more than hardware. I do want to live in a world where I don't need to care as much about which of these companies are the one that I want to give my money to. It's easier. But I also do think that like especially as you start getting into like, hey, wow, all of these companies are – or many of these companies are trying to control the, the entire product pipeline. Like your monopoly senses should start tingling. And it's a little worrying that that's the, the thing that is like in line with what looks like the, the, the way the future is going.
1: And I'm not sure, like, and the thing is, I don't think the pain necessarily would be on our end. Like we'd end up like the way a lot of these things have worked is that you've discovered like in the end consumers paid somewhat more than they right, would have right, right, right. like in under like open competition, but like not enough that they like notice the pain for the most part. Right. Like, like airlines have gotten fares have gotten less cheap than you'd expect them to. There have been all the add-ons that that come with it. But like by and large, the way sort of the oligopolistic competition in the airline market has worked out is that there's never that moment where you realize, like, fuck, I am completely up against price controls here. I'm I'm totally screwed. And then usually when you see settlements on this, you discover that uh there was a lot of you know collaboration uh, a lot of a lot of price fixing, but it's never so much that you notice yourself getting screwed. What I think interests me here is that I wonder is this pain consumers will actually feel or is it more setting up a an ecosystem right. that developers are gonna have a really hard time thriving in any meaningful sense right well, like, this is- like
4: in the in the in the airline analogy it's like do like the way they slowly like not colluded, but just like someone starts charging for bags to carry on, mm-hmm. and then wow, just quietly now everyone's charging for bags to carry on, mm-hmm. and like what's the equivalent of that in in video games I mean I, like the, we already pay play for multiplayer in a way that doesn't make a lot of sense like, and it's mm-hmm. just easy money for the the, the manufacturers but i i I, I, I wonder where like the equivalent of like the ten more equivalents of that that trickle down I, from there. I think
3: oh, one oh, of the oh. questions is being is like, does Sony get into the Game Pass style business? Yeah. Do they break out multiplayer services from PlayStation Plus games in the near future and build out a PlayStation Plus games library? And like, that's not too bad because you're getting something for that money at least. But I can imagine like that being another place where they, where they are getting some sort of additional income And then yeah, is there is there a cloud tax? Is there like what do we do? Prices go up again at some point for if you want if you want the physical game, then you're going to pay a little bit more than if you want the cloud game, you know? Or sorry, not a cloud tax, but the opposite, right? A digital download tax, or either way, right? They might figure out how to get you either direction on that. Um, The other side of it is like developers, but also is this a way in which like all right, well, Amazon, you're going to have to figure out your own fucking cloud streaming stuff or you're going to have to come in with us. Is this like old school games companies being like, fuck Google, fuck Amazon. It's us, baby. We've been (laughs) in this for a minute. I remember the Duke controller. I think
4: there's there's definitely, there's got to be some of it. I don't think it's like super surprising. This comes right on the heels of the Sadia stuff, which they probably don't, you know, you know they kind of look at that as some bullshit. Right, right, it's, right, all right. Good luck. Right, right. You think like it's a, it's really easy to build a server farm. Like it's a lot harder to uh, like go build games and publish. You know, exclusives to get people on that on that platform. So yeah, I'm not shocked if this is a little more of like a you know putting up the defenses around you know what they already know and what they're already comfortable with. Yeah. But man, that that like the cloud tax you're talking about, man, it is not hard for me to imagine at some point in the near future you're paying additional for the privilege to in the same way that like yep. different like digital services. It's like, well you can use it on one device. Right. You want to use it on all the devices. You know, that's an extra you know, that's an extra, you know, five bucks a month on your on your service. Like, Yikes. It's, Two screens. it's <laughs> it is absolutely going to be the case. like, there is no, it's so easy to imagine. I will be shocked. If, I would be genuinely shocked if it wasn't the case where like, the cloud stuff starts free at first and then become, becomes either either individual individual, like, like, game to game add-on where or becomes you want to pay extra and like a game pass premium and then like oh well it's just you know cart you know you just get it right. for all the games that you have but you're paying you know 40 bucks a month for for the privilege but it's like well, if you just if assassin's creed is just the only one you want
3: well is it really it's just 5 the, bucks right. turn on cloud yeah, for assassin's yeah. creed totally god Brave New World very excited to see what we uh what what comes out this E3 I mean I'm actually like I'm actually not excited about E3 in the, like, what cool new games will be announced sense. Like, I feel like we're in such a lull. And also that E3 map hit last week that is rough. (laughs) Like, Unless you really want to, like, watch esports or watch the military play esports, let me tell you, there are whole halls you're not going to really need to go to, or at least whole sections of halls. Um, But I am curious about the hardware side of things. I am curious about the, like, Bigger picture trends in gaming. I think that's the stuff that's going to carry me through E3 this year. Um, We'll see. We will see. We should do a big E3 prediction pod sometime in the next couple of weeks. So look forward to that. Mm -hmm. Uh, We'll be back later this week with Waypoints and with another episode of Waypoint Radio. until then, I think we we're going to call it here, and I'm going to go eat lunch because it's no, I'm not. We have a meeting in we have fifteen a meeting minutes. In 15 Fuck minutes. off.
5: Yeah, sorry.
0: Fuck.
3: We're going to go to that meeting in fifteen minutes, and then, then I'm going to yeah get <laughs> lunch. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Uh, someone help me. Someone help me. Just Go away. Help me go away. Get,
5: okay. <laughs> Goodbye.
3: Oh. Wow. No one's uh, coming. Up with that. See, this is the thing. Danielle had yeah. be good be good at it. And when wow. this is just the
1: nature of things, Austin. Division follows unity and unity follows division.
3: Peace <laughs> and <laughs> harmony throughout the land <laughs> is what South Sal will deliver unto us. Bye!
0: Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. (laughs)
3: Oh, good.
1: Uh, um, Tell you one E3 prediction I'm I'm feeling pretty good about is we are going to stay up too late podcasting and drinking one night, and I'm going to miss morning meetings. (laughs) There you go.
3: You
4: know what? I can make that prediction too. Rob. Can you say? Can you say that? Can we make? Can we? Can we, I, we
5: should yeah, have a bingo for recruiting. our E3 predictions.
1: Oh that go God. beyond video games. Instead, yeah. we're making predictions our about ourselves. E3 predictions.
5: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh
1: huh. <laughs> this episode of First Take. Holy shit! What? Why? Magic is on today, and oh. apparently, like, looks like on Twitter at least, he brought the goods. Oh, hell yeah! <laughs> I'm excited now. <laughs> Like, he's, apparently he's not up there being like, oh, I love Genie Boss. No hard feelings. No, he's out there, like, naming names, like, and fuck this person. Wow. Goddamn. Finally, magic is free.
5: <laughs> <laughs> so you've been playing Magic the Gathering Arena as well, huh?
4: Boo. <laughs> yeah, you know me. <laughs> Classic clubic move.
3: Uh, Patrick, what else? Or Did you already get your shit? What, what are you playing? What's up with you? <laughs> observation. responded to me in the, Life the chat. Is strange. Okay.
4: An <laughs> observation. Yeah, I got it. I got we had, it. I we we had an exchange over this. Did we? We did. Us? In the chat. In oh. the Discord. You responded saying, good. Okay, got it.
3: Good. Okay, got it. <laughs> uh-huh. Airplane mode. Right. There we go. All right. Ready to do a clap?
1: Sure. Got to go to the place. Mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> what? Is that what you call it?
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> the place with the wow. time. Wow. We got like an all time fucking time quote today, gentlemen. <laughs> time is an illusion. Albert Einstein. What's <laughs> good? Albert Einstein putting your whole fucking clock on blast. Damn. What? So
1: we don't need to clap? Yeah, that's <laughs> it. <laughs> God damn
3: it. Uh, 40, right. 47 seconds is what I'm going to say. Happy World Meteorology Day, by the way.
1: I'm celebrating World Meteorology Day by uh, just sweating my fucking ass off in <laughs> my apartment. It warmed up. Like it rained and warmed up. And uh, we went from like weeks of beautiful weather to. Yep. Uh, my apartment is a good stew. I'm going to yep.
3: do it. I'm going to put that air conditioner in I don't in. like,
1: I don't, I don't. Are you? I don't we'll like see. that. Please. Yeah, oh,
3: yeah, sure. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, please, you know, you
4: know what? You know what? I, yeah, I'll leave it when I see it. If <laughs> I can get it done before you've managed E3. to go a whole year without purchasing one.
3: And then a whole year without putting, I, I purchased one. I purchased one. I have one. It's well, in my that's, room. Okay,
1: installing it. Right. What floor uh, are you on?
3: The third.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I can't take responsibility for that.
3: I'll make sure no one's downstairs. It'll be fine. All the time? No. You got to take a risk. You know? you put, put
1: cones down below your window. Yeah, just, <laughs> don't, just don't. Just don't be near. I'm, here. I'm, a, I'm a games editor. Like I There's think I got a, this. I think I
3: got this. Like It's like an engine. I played those bridge games, those bridge building games. Yeah. yeah, I'm all right. All right. I'm all right. I put in air conditioners before, I've done it. I grew up in I a house with no. I made that bridge out of balsa
4: wood in middle school.
3: Yeah. See. Yeah. I I grew up in a house with no. I know how Central weight AC, works. So I definitely grew up in a in a, like a uh, window unit fucking house. Yeah, yeah. So.
2: Um. All right. <clears throat> all right. Ready.